the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, it's a Wednesday, hump day, over-the-hill day. We are closer to Friday than we were on Monday. You forgot something? What? Middle of the week day. It is middle of the week day. Thank you, sir. So we are halfway home, and that's always a good thing. I don't know about everybody else. I'm kind of looking forward to the weekend just because it's one of those Great weekends. Remember, I told you a good weekend is it's just a weekend, all right? You get the Saturday and Sunday. Then there's the great weekend, and the great weekend is when your Friday is payday, and then you get Saturday and Sunday. What happens if I go watch the Cubs and the Cards? That is an ultimate weekend. Sweet. I'll then, be there live Saturday. Yeah, are you going to – Are you? Just going to see one game, or are you going to see Just you one Sunday? Game. Just Saturday? It's the last three games of the year between the Cubs and the Cards. That's not right. You should not be playing other teams that are not in your division towards the very end of the year of the season when who wins the division is on the line. You know, you, you you should be playing out those other teams that are being competitive with you. Who's it between? Well, it probably is going to end up between uh, the the Brewers and the Cubs. This is what it's looking like. I mean, it's been playing out that way. But I'm saying that they the Cubs should be playing the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Pirates, and the Cincinnati Reds. That's you should be playing in the last. Well, you know, with that, they're playing the Cardinals. So I, I understand, but they're not contradicted. They don't have it bit. set up that way this year. I'm saying that's the way it should be, but it's not the way it is. Like I said, this coming coming up weekend is it for the Cubs and and the Cards. So let's say uh, it's the last, uh, you know, month of the season. And the, let's say the cards are. Uh, let's say they're hey, up by. They're I, up I, by I, one. I want to tell you something. Dude. What? You, you realize what next week is, right? Uh, first week of August. Well, not the first week. The last week of July. Well, first week of August will will happen the following week. Yeah. Well, it starts Wednesday. That's the first first day of August. Oh, wait, wait a second. Yeah, you're right. The first Wednesday. I know is the I'm first right. I'm always right. Haven't you found that out yet? Oh, man, you're confusing me here. Bad enough that you were... Yeah, oh, Monday. I didn't know what day it was. Uh, I don't even know what, what year it was. I I'm, I will never go back to that doctor again. Because if, if a pill has got side effects like that, they should be telling you to be prepared. You know, you might not want to be driving a car, perhaps. Because I drove here under the influence of that stuff. Shh. Maybe that's why I thought I was going slow, but I was like passing everybody. 
Dude, that happens every time you get behind the wheel. Anyway. You scare I'm just, the heck out of my me every whole, time I, dry, I ride with you. Anyway, the way that I would like to see it is that all the central uh, you know, division teams would be playing each other in the last, that, let's say, the last month, full month of the season. That way, you got some real drama a lot of times there. So you're getting rid of the drum. I I have I haven't looked at the Cubs' uh, schedule. I do know you know I always look to see when they play the Cards, and now I got to look to see when they play the Brewers. The Brewers actually think they have a shot. So anyway, we'll just have to see how it works. I'll go spend some time and look up the schedule for you, my friend. Okay, see when when how many just more so you can count down the days to when you lose. How many? Ask just look to see how many games the Cubs have. With Central Division uh, teams in the National League, you know, like I said, last three for the the um, Cards is this weekend. Just doesn't seem right that you finish up the first week of August when you got August and September yet of the season to go. Yeah, you know, look, let me get Zach. Put your headphones on for a second. No, just come in here. Yeah, just come in here. I got headphones here. And see if you agree with what I'm saying here. The Cubs are playing the Cardinals three-game series at Bush Field this this weekend. It is the last three games. Uh, don't want my rabbit to fall over. Uh, it's the last three games that the the Cards and the Cubs are playing this season. Yeah, and they're still like. Two months of the season left. That's crazy. Well, you think they should play more? Well, no. I think that they should play. They shouldn't set them up to play all their games early in the year. They right. should play them towards the end. Number one, mm-hmm. it's going to be warmer. Uh-huh. Number two, which means the ball's going to be hopping more. It's going to be um, you know kind of juiced up a little bit. I think we all realize as we see how many home runs are being hit now. Ball's juiced, man. They're 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 wound tighter than they've ever been. So you you've got the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Pirates, and Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. The Reds are not going to win it, but they can play major spoilers. They've been playing pretty good this second half of the season. The Brewers are in it. The Pirates are putting themselves in it. They've won ten in a row now. But I have no idea, like, uh, you know, how the central teams play out uh, in um, for the Cubs. they got to be getting close to being done with the Brewers. They've played quite a few with the Reds. Now, the Pirates, I'm thinking we're a little thin on. So maybe we're going to get them uh, during the last two. It, it, it just seems to me that the last two months or the last month should be between – the competitors, right. because that's when all the drama is going to take mm-hmm. place, is at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, I don't want the Atlanta Braves making the difference <laughs> on who wins the Central Division or, God forbid, the New York Mets. They suck this year. <laughs> okay, here's your schedule. You've got the Pirates on the 31st and the 1st. Okay. As far as Central Division goes. You've got the uh, Pirates again, 16, 17. 18 and 19, they are in Pittsburgh playing that game. Uh, you'll have the Brewers on the 14th and the 15th. 
of August. got the Reds on the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th. And I'll have to go to uh, September to Take see Take a look at else. September and see. Just count. doesn't matter who we're playing. Just look at the, sil- the central teams and how many of them are in the central division. And it sounds like, to me, we're pretty well wiped out of central division there. You'll have the Brewers on September the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Okay, You'll have the three. Reds on the 14th and 15th and 16th. Six. You'll have the Pirates on the 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th. Okay, and so you'll that's have the 10. Cardinals. Oh, there's still Cardinals. Wrigley right. on the 28th, 29th, and 30th. Okay, I thought they were done. Okay, so they'll meet each other at the end of September. So they don't meet again after this until the end of September after this weekend. Now, do they play um, a specific number of times throughout the season? Yeah, well, it's a hundred and what sixty-two games or something like that. It seems in it's like was the sixteen games that you play each of the teams in okay. your division or something. Because like I know that? in the NBA, you know, the division players they only play each other four times throughout the year, and most likely, you know, by by March. Everything is settled, basically. You know, yeah. you know who's going to make the playoffs. You know, you know who's the better team, and blah blah blah. But I see what you're saying. When the stakes are higher, you know, you want your and division boy, players. I'm just saying, going against one another. That's that's when people are going to tune in on yeah. TV. That's when people are going to. You know, I was looking at the ticket prices mm-hmm. now to go and see a major league baseball game. Do you realize to go see the Seattle Mariners? Because I was thinking, well, you know, I might want to. Because I've been pretty. It's been pretty cool what the Mariners are doing. Some of their their best seats are like six hundred bucks a game. Goodness. I mean, granted, that's 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 in, in the center, in the bottom, ten rows back, but still six hundred bucks. And you think that's something? You should look at the prices for NBA seats. Really? Yes, those are expensive. I'm not even talking about front row. I'm talking about even mid level. Those, especially, How much? For, you know, man, I'm thinking, thinking about easily two thousand. You know, easy. Well, see, and they wonder why they have a hard time having the average fan anymore, right? Come out to a game. Mm-hmm. Well, their family has to starve to afford those type of tickets. It makes no sense. But you know they got to pay for everything. You know all this. I don't well, know, you know. <laughs> I, I, they pay too much for the players to play. We all know that. Uh, I mean, the amenities at some of the ballparks are outrageous. Mm-hmm. Although I will say this, it only makes sense to me. Now, this is just me. If I had as much money as it takes to have a pro baseball team, yeah. I mean, did you, did you see that the Cowboys are the most expensive franchise in any any sport? That's year in the year out for them. It's, mm-hmm. it, they are worth one point three five billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in. Yep, we're talking a game, okay, a game. But anyway, uh, I mean, when you look at the, the amount of money that they're paying, and they keep saying. Well, we got to pay all these high, exorbitant, uh, you know, salaries. Yeah. Yeah, but let's take a look at how much money you make out of TV rights and mm-hmm. radio rights. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yep. It's cra- it's over bill- it's several billion dollars for each team. Yep. That they're making. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they can 
be saying that somebody's not making some money somewhere and, and <laughs> on top of that a lot of money of it i mean looks like 19 games through the season okay between the cubs and the cards okay okay for the whole whole season for the whole season okay so 19 games but you want you the know? game spread out basically that's what you would yeah, like to well, see but no yeah, that's spread out for i me. would rather they be at the end of the year mm-hmm. condensed into to to a, a smaller time so that all of the drama plays out right. amongst the teams in the division. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I – I mean, they don't just throw that stuff in a computer and it spits it out. They they figure, well, we'll do this and that. I was The, the point that I was going to make, I think that if you're going to build a new stadium now, and they should pass a, a rule mm-hmm. amongst the owners. you got to have a, a roof on your stadium, okay. especially in baseball. Really? Well, did you see how many rainouts there was this year? Oh my God, it was terrible. Huh? That's okay. why. You, yeah, I, first month of first month between uh, the Cubs and the Cards, two rainouts. Yeah, I mean the bottom line is is that the Cubs had more rainouts than anybody else, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Of course, because you got Wrigley Field, right? I mean, not only do you get rained out, you get snowed out, and you get colded out. I mean, it's... That's the way it is during football season. It's, well, mm-hmm. well, not even during football season. I mean, they still play the game in football. Right. But when but, somebody's throwing 103 miles an hour <laughs> at you, uh, kind of hard to play a game mm-hmm. when it's raining or it's so cold you can't feel the baseball right. in your hand. Mm-hmm. You'll feel it when it hits you in the head. <laughs> But you won't, uh, you don't feel it in your hand. I mean, it's it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And I think that from now on, it should be a just, you know, you know, you got to have a. Because I'm thinking, I I was surprised they didn't put a a, a top on Bush. I really wa- was. I thought they would do that. Yeah. Pittsburgh doesn't have a roof. Mm-hmm. Chicago doesn't have a roof. Cincinnati doesn't have it. And all of those teams that I just mentioned our northern tier teams right they run into a lot of rain mm-hmm. and they run into a lot of inclement weather now doesn't milwaukee have a um milwaukee yeah. does mm-hmm. but if i'm not mistaken they're the only team in the central oh, okay. that has a roof you go out uh some place uh, but in uh in the west you only have phoenix that oh. has a roof okay diamondback mm-hmm. of course they don't want to be out standing on fake turf 120 degrees outside and on the turf it's like 140 degrees although i will remember when the original bush stadium and they were so cheap that they put that crappy artificial turf out there and you remember this russ because the the fans used to complain about it too you'd walk you'd walk down to sit take your seats Mm -hmm. it would be so hot just sitting there by the ball field because the ball field was radiating that heat because right. they didn't have natural turf, mm-hmm. that you would lose five, ten pounds watching a game because you're sweating your <laughs> your nuggies off. But, but if you were out on, you know, and this is when Lou Brock was playing and, and the guys, it was so hot on the field, it mm-hmm. was like 130 degrees. Can Goodness. you imagine trying to play a sport when it's just frying your behind out there? They talked about st- you, you could not stand still in the outfield yeah. on that artificial tur- turf because it felt like it was burning through the soles of your, your shoes. Mm. I mean, that's Luke, crazy. Uh, Lou Brock hated it. He said he absolutely hated it. 
he loved playing for the cards, but he hated <laughs> the the field. Of course, you know, you had some great pitcher that used to play for the the Cardinals by the name of, um, hmm, what was that guy's name that they lowered the pitching mound for? Come on. Tell me, to, tell me who it was. You're just, you're just showing your... I know it. I know it, showing, just I can't, can't think of his name yeah. right now. But anyway. I got you. They lowered the mound. Mm-hmm. All right. Six inches. Because his ERA that year was almost under one. It's incredible. And now they they say, well, he's got a great ERA, 4.25. <laughs> say what? And he only pitched five innings. And he's pitched, yeah, he's pitching five <laughs> innings, and he's going to make $23 million mm-hmm. this year. And it's like, man, those, you know. Coddle these players. All, well, you know, Whitey Ford and, mm-hmm. and Sandy Koufax mm-hmm. and all those guys that were just making a drink of water compared yeah. to what they're making today. I, those guys have got to be bitter about that. At least I would think they would be. All right, I got to quit talking baseball. I could <laughs> sit here and talk. I could do a sports talk show as well as I could do a political talk. My man here knows this. He's talked sports <laughs> with me. <laughs> All right, and I'm just telling you, it's not the way it used to be. As they tell you, it's a business. That's why they changed the way you can pitch. Don't be throwing inside now. You know, they'll throw you out of the game. Back in the day, chin music happened all the time. (laughs) Get off of my plate. That's my plate. That's not your plate. That's my plate. Move back. No, I'm going to be up. I'm Rizzo. I'm going to, I'm going to get up on the, on the plate. Okay. Your funeral. You know, he gets hit more than any other major league ball player. That's only because he hasn't been hit like they used to hit people back in the 60s. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, Marichelle or somebody like that hit you in the side of the head. And you didn't even have a hard hat on. You just had your... yeah. Well, you had a hard hat. It fit over your hat. Mm-hmm. That was all that you had. Your ear wide open. Now they got the thing that protects their mm-hmm. jaw. That still looks really bizarre to me. I agree with that. that. I agree with you. But I that. understand why they wear it. Mm-hmm. These guys are throwing faster and faster all the time. I saw who's that new kid that the Cardinals has got that's throwing at about 103 miles an hour. I have no idea. Yeah. I wouldn't have seen. Him. I think he's only been up a couple months. You know, they brought him up from the minor. I'm just telling you. And how old is he again? It's like just 20? probably twenty three. Okay, I mean I'm I'm talking. There's a and now you're starting to see more kids coming right out of uh, not out of college, out of uh, high school, high school, mm-hmm. going and playing in the majors. Yeah, you know we're seeing kind of a, of a evolution of what we saw in the NBA. You know we've seen a few, mm-hmm. not very many. Right, we've seen a few and. LeBron is probably the best example. Yep. Somebody who put down the high school ball and walked on the professional mm-hmm. court, which had to be kind of interesting. Everybody you were playing with was probably old enough to be your dad. <laughs> that had to be really <laughs> That's weird. That's true. I'm just saying. That's true. That had to be difficult. <laughs> it really did. All right. Take a break. We'll come back. we got more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. When we come back, Larry Kudlow defending Trump on trade. You got to hear this. It's next. All right. We've got news coming up next. That's about 45 seconds from now. Uh, Don't forget that when we come back, we'll uh, have uh, some audio. 
uh, from Larry Kudrow, who was on uh, CBS this morning defending the president's trade practices. A lot of people don't realize the absolute terrible trade practices that have been in place for years with the United States. And uh, they know they mentioned today they're looking at giving the farmers some some money to mitigate uh, the tariffs. Well, the the other countries do that all the time. That's some of the unfair trade practices they do. We'll talk more about it in a moment. All right, 25 minutes until 3 o'clock. I want to uh, say thanks to Heather Pomplin, who uh, called her senator, her state senator, uh, today and uh, delivered him a two, or her, I don't know which it was, a uh, two-pronged message. One, let's have streaming out of all the committee meetings and floor debates in the state Senate, and please, let's have all the votes uh, recorded so that you can go in and find out from from uh, not just on the floor of the, the Senate or the well of the Senate, but how about all of our meetings that you all have? And when you vote on bills uh, in the committee meetings, that uh, those votes, we know who casts a vote. None of them, you know, just a voice vote. Uh-uh. No, a vote that shows exactly how you voted on an issue, yay or nay or present. And uh, if you're a state senator, you're going to start getting calls about this because I'm going to keep beating this drum uh, because we want this done before the next session starts. It, It wouldn't be hard to get it done. All right, so let's uh, move over and, and talk about some things that are, are going on in the news right now. First of all, let me remind you about our friends over at Applied Research, uh, their website, arcarkansas.com, their phone number, 501-954-7822. they got several studies going on that they're looking for people to take part in. Uh, If you hear something that you would be interested in, make sure you call and uh, try to uh, see if you can get into that study. Because if you can't, they're going to still take uh, all the information that you'll get. And if they have other studies that come up uh, that you would fit into, uh, they'll go ahead and call you to see if you want to take part in it. Uh, They have a testosterone study going on. If you're a 45 to 80-year-old male with low testosterone, you're at risk for cardiovascular disease or events. You may be eligible to participate in a clinical trial studying the effects of an investigative testosterone replacement drug. So remember, 501 954 7822 is the number uh, to sign up by phone, or you can do it online at ARC Arkansas. It's all one word, dot com. The folks from Applied Research are going to be on with us uh, here in about three hours. They're going to be on during the five o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick show uh, today. All right, so Larry Kudrow was on CBS this morning and uh, you know, uh, some Republicans are are complaining 
are complaining about uh, uh, the whole deal of these uh, tariffs. Uh, agriculture states are, are yelling about them more than other states are yelling about them because they're probably being um, hit harder uh, with them, uh, you know, than other states are. Uh, you've got uh, s- some states now that are are getting there. For instance, uh, you know, up there in Wisconsin, Harley Davidson. Uh, I was looking at their growth record last year. They grew by almost ten percent this year. They're growing uh, at uh, about a point two percent, and they're complaining that it has to do uh, with the tariffs. I don't know if that is exactly the case. They were already looking to move one of their facilities uh, out of the country because they were, you know, labor rates were so much higher here uh, in this country. So you got uh, got that going on, and some people are upset about it. And and Larry said, you know, think about this, and then understand that the president is even asking the farmers uh, to, to give him a, a little space uh, that there might be some time that this is going to be tough, but by the time it's all said and done, uh, we're going to be uh, in much better shape. Well, here's Larry talking about it. Voted for President Trump, and he says this uh, is a bailout, it's a pacifier, and it's a bailout he'd rather not have. What would you tell that farmer? Well, listen, um, I'll tell him how much I like him. He's a patriot. And um, the watchword has been trade, not aid. And I think that's the case in the majority of uh, places. Some places need some help. You know, those have been the reports from the USDA and so forth, Sonny Perdue. So what we put on the board is um, what I think is a temporary assistance measure I don't think it's going to get uh, near $12 billion. I think that sums are going to be much lower. So Nobody's really thrilled about this. We're just trying to protect uh, American agriculture uh, from some of the unfair trading practices. Here's, the, of course, the criticism, which you've heard, but for those who haven't, and it's coming from conservatives from the Wall Street Journal editorial page to a whole busload of Republicans. And the argument is that this is a fix to... Do, uh, fix something that the administration created. The Wall Street Journal says the Trump administration is trying to fix an economic problem of its own making. Well, I'm afraid, you know, my good friends at the Wall Street Journal editorial page, brothers actually and sisters, but look, you know, I would argue don't blame President Trump. I've said this so often. The, the world trading system is broken. The WTO is broken. There's no reciprocity left. China is the worst offender, but not the only one around the world. Ms. Trump's trying to fix trading malpractice that goes back several decades. He's the first president to really stay with this, okay? Tariffs have gone up. Non-tariff barriers have gone up. Subsidies have gone up. There's no reciprocity, as I said. It's really quite unfair. Larry, it's Trump. It's the president who's initiating these tariffs and putting these in place. I've followed you for a long time. You You oppose tariffs. Your whole record is opposing this and saying that they never intend to work and that they always turn out badly. What's changed? May, may I just finish my point yes, before, sir. please? Uh, what I tried to say is 
that past presidents in both political parties have tried to fix the broken world trading system. China is the worst. All I'm saying is, this is not of Mr. Trump's own making. This is something that Mr. Trump inherited. Very unfair trading practices. Look, look at his tweet last evening, something that we developed at the G7 and he said since then. He wants a new system to reform for free trade, but that means no tariffs, okay? No non-tariff barriers, no subsidies, level playing field, reciprocity. This is a very difficult task. Reform always is. There's a swamp for the world trading system, and he's trying to drain it. So I just, with respect, I understand the criticism from friends of mine. I do not think this is of his own making. I think he's trying to fix the system, and if he does, you're going to have even greater prosperity. Larry, let me ask you a question that cons conservatives have this issue. They say there are always going to be problems, always systems that need to be fixed, always problems that presidents will inherit. And that conservatives, when they come into office, they don't intervene in the market. That's the whole reason they're conservatives. And so that when you intervene in the market using emergency measures that were not created to fix these kinds of problems, and then you have to fix the results of those emergency measures with more emergency measures that were not intended to fix these problems, that you've gotten way off the theme of the ideology that is supposed to be at the core of your belief system. Well, look, I'm, I'm a conservative. I regard myself as a free market conservative. I regard myself as a free trade conservative. As I said before, Mr. Trump regards himself as a free trader. But what are you going to do? You got to break a. You've got to fix a broken system, which is very unfair. Which is penalizing uh, so much of the U.S. Uh, exports around the world. We're the most competitive economy in the world. We've cut tax rates. We've rolled back regulations. Uh, we've uh, unleashed energy. We're growing rapidly. I mean, you're going to get a GDP number on Friday that's going to be a very <laughs> impressive number. Uh, some people are in the four to five percent zone. All I'm saying is. We want trade to contribute to the prosperity, and by the way, not just the USA, all around the world. But the system has to be fixed. So, okay, no one is thrilled with subsidies. I get that, including myself. On the other hand, we need a backstop for our patriotic farmers who have been hurt, and if we can open up export market sales, they will absolutely crush it. They will send out ag exports all around the world, including China, lower trade balances, employ a lot of people. That's it. I'm just saying, give President Trump a chance to accomplish this very difficult task. Have some patience. All right. So that's what, you know, Kudlow had to say. Well, the president was in Kansas City. He was talking about this, and he made a personal appeal to the farmers of this nation. Cut five. And my administration also understands that we cannot be a safe country if we are not a prosperous country. We have to think of ourselves. You have to see these trade deals I'm working on. They're a disaster. We're losing hundreds of billions of dollars with individual countries a year. And they're sticking. You got to stick it out. You got to just, we got to fight it. Nobody else fought it. I went to some of the countries. I said, how did it get so imbalanced? They said, nobody ever called. They said, nobody ever called. They do whatever they wanted and we just put up with it. Not any longer, folks. Not any longer. Making tremendous progress. They're all coming. 
They don't want to have those tariffs put on them. They're all coming to see us. And the farmers will be the biggest beneficiary. Watch. We're opening up markets. You watch what's going to happen. Just be a little patient. They're all aiming at anybody that likes me. And they have lobbyists like nobody's ever seen. They have the best lobbyists ever put together. I was hearing and reading that they have some of the greatest lobbying teams ever put together. You've got to stop the president from putting tariffs on these countries and these companies that are ripping off the United States. You've got to stop them. Just remember, we're going to do something that, honestly, nobody else could do. Nobody else could do. We have a lot of... Thank you, darling. <laughs> I like you, too. <laughs> I like her. Thank you very much. That was good timing. We're now in the midst of a great economic revival. And it's for that reason that I chose this is the time. Last year, our country lost 817 billion with a B dollars on trade. We lost 817 billion dollars. And people say, oh, could you do it this week? Could you get it done immediately? These countries have been ripping us off for decades. It doesn't take a week, it takes a little longer. But we're going to get it done. But just remember, we can't lose $817 billion. We rebuilt China. What the European Union is doing to us is, is incredible. How bad? They made $151 billion last year, our trade deficit with the European Union. They sound nice, but they're rough. They're all coming in to see me tomorrow. They're all coming to the White House. I said, you have to change. They didn't want to change. I said, okay, good. We're going to tariff your cars. They send millions of cars. Mercedes, all of them. BMW, so many cars. I said, we're going to have to tariff your cars. They said, uh, when can we uh, show up? When can we be there? Uh, would tomorrow be okay? No, folks, stick with us. Stick with us. So the president is saying, have some patience. It won't happen overnight. And that's why the subsidies were given to the farmers. This 12, I think it's, they're saying $12 billion. Uh, Kudlow said it's going to be lower than that. He says the numbers for our trade is, uh, for our GDP is going to shock a lot of people. I've been hearing that too, somewhere between maybe 4.2 up to even as high as 5% growth over the last quarter. So uh, really incredible numbers. But he's right. Look, us giving those subsidies, that's a drop in the bucket to what Europe and those other countries are doing for their companies. They're giving them all kinds of money so that they can lower their prices against our products and sell their products at a reduced cost than our products. It's the way it works. It's not supposed to be happening that way. Uh, according to you know the WTO and the rest of them, they're supposed to keep that from happening. You're supposed to have a level playing field as far as this is concerned. We don't have that. They're going to have to be forced to comply to it. All right, don't forget, there are 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits 
There's 2,728 rules in the Social Security Handbook. If you got a, a question about any of this, don't call the Social Security Administration. They're actually forbidden to help you. So it's no wonder why as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. So what you want to do is uh, contact David Lucas, get yourself a copy of the 2018 Guide to Social Security, and uh, learn about the right way to claim your benefits. To get a copy, call 653-6690. 653-6690. Don't be leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table for your lifetime of Social Security because that's very easy to do if you make some wrong decisions. Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. Call 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, we uh, have got time for me to tell you about Aeroplumbing at aeroplumbing.net and their 100% satisfaction guarantee. And this is one of the reasons of many uh, that I use Aeroplumbing uh, for my personal uh, plumber, Uh, at my home, the 100% satisfaction guarantee. If they come out to your house and you're not 100% satisfied with the service that they've given you, they'll refund all your money. If their plumber smokes in the house or they swear in your home, if they don't wear those shoe covers, you know, the little booties that they have, You don't have to pay for the service then either. And if a repair fails in the first year, they'll repair it again at no charge. It's one of the great things uh, that make Aero Plumbing uh, the best best plumbing uh, business here in central Arkansas. Again, uh, give them a call or or get a hold of them on the Internet. All you got to do is go to aeroplumbing.net. Phone number, all that's there. Or uh, go by uh, uh, Google and, and Google Aero Plumbing. You'll get all that information. Going back just for a moment here on the things that we've been talking about, and we're just about out of this hour, we come back. Uh, I want to talk about uh, what the president said to vets yesterday and talked about um, the military, what's been going on about uh, how they're uh, building up uh, the military again, uh, making this one of the strongest nations on earth. Uh, the, the same thing about, uh, give you a personal story, somebody I was having lunch with one day, and he told me he had a friend that's a truck driver and said, man, what do you think they're doing uh, in the military? Because we're transporting unbelievable amounts of equipment to the different bases and posts all over the United States. Then you got uh, Dershowitz saying yesterday that uh, he wouldn't trust Cohen as far as you could throw him, basically. And uh, he talks a little bit about that audio that you heard on CNN yesterday. And then Senator Cory Booker uh, shows that he's as stupid as he looks. And uh, Trump talking about how the Democrats have gone so far left They've left sanity. So we got a lot of uh, of audio to play for you when we get back here in the next hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Four o'clock, Joe's going to be here. 
I think Duck's still out on vacation, so uh, he'll be back next week along with Joe. But Joe today uh, by himself in the last hour, we're going to have the folks uh, from uh, Applied Research uh, to talk to us uh, today as well. And you hear about some of these great uh, opportunities you'll have for, uh, you know, asking questions about the different drugs that are being uh, tested. It's not the first test on these drugs. They've got a lot of tests on their list right now. Yeah, they do. And the thing to understand about these tests, it's not the first step. It's not the middle step. We're looking at the last steps in these tests. These drugs are ready for market. These are the last tests that they'll they'll have to go through. And uh, you can make a little extra jack uh, taking part in these tests and uh, benefit uh, from some of these uh, drugs that uh, that they are testing. All right, so let's take a break. We've got news coming your way. The president, I see, is about ready to speak, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, he'll, we'll hear about what all of that was about as well. That's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, yesterday, president was speaking in Kansas City, had some important things to say about our veterans and about what's going on with our our uh, military. And uh, let's hear those those uh, pieces of audio from yesterday. First, about it, about the vets. That's cut number three. FW has represented American heroes who promoted American values, and they did so with honor. You are the universal symbol of the patriotic pride that beats loudly in every single American heart. We don't apologize for America anymore. We stand up for America. We stand up for the patriots who defend America. And we stand up for our national anthem. We're putting America first again, and we are seeing the incredible results. We're destroying the bloodthirsty killers known as ISIS, almost gone. We're calling the threat by its real name, a name that wasn't mentioned for a long time. It's called radical Islamic terrorism. That's what it is. You have to know your enemy before you can defeat your enemy. All right. So, you know, the president talked to the vets, told them that uh, their patriotism is doing great things for our nation. And I agree with what he said, and I definitely agree with, I stand up for our national anthem. Uh, I don't sit down using disrespect to the national anthem and to our flag uh, by kneeling uh, during uh, the national anthem. It's it's something that I, I hope that you've all paid attention to during the summer. You watch the uh, players in professional baseball. You don't see anyone 
taking a knee. No one does that. Everybody stands. Everybody has their their hat typically. And if it's a, a playoff game or the all-star game or whatever, they're all standing on the third or the first baseline and they've got their hat over their heart. They show respect uh, to uh, our uh, fighting men and women. And that's that, for whatever reason, is lost on the people who do that. Take a knee. Hey, I will, I will tell you that there are non-nationals playing baseball. Oh, yeah. There's and people from all over the world that play baseball. They In don't necessarily Japan put and, their hand over their heart or yeah. hold their hat over their heart like Americans do. But they do stand there in respect of the nation that they are playing in right now. now. The Americans, yeah, they'll put their hands over their hearts, but they're standing there as well. Well, I'll just tell you this. In major leagues, you see if there's anybody not hold, putting their hand, uh, the hat over their heart, I haven't seen it very often. They all put the, the hat over their heart. It's not they're saying that – this is their their home or whatever. They're, it's showing their respect to the country that's given them more of an opportunity than any country in the world has ever done. I mean, Javi Baez and all the rest of them, they might have patches on for Puerto Rico or whatever, uh, but uh, everybody shows respect as far as I'm concerned as, I, as I've been watching Major League Baseball because I've been paying attention to it. Uh, and the guys in the NFL don't understand. Maybe you're saying it's not about, uh, you know, America. It's about a specific group of people. But when standing up for the national anthem is a way that you show respect uh, to the people uh, that have protected this nation, don't mess. Don't get your messages uh, messed up because what happens. It's going to bounce back at you, make you look awful bad, especially when most, uh, many of the ball players uh, make enough money in one year that the people who pay their salaries, uh, that pay, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh, to go see one game and to buy a beer, you know, is like, uh, you know, buying groceries. You gotta you, you you gotta get your head wrapped around the reality of the world and uh, and the country that you live in. The other thing he talked about was the rebuilding of the military. That comes into the local uh, story I heard with the guy that I was having lunch with. He's got a buddy that is a uh, truck driver and said that they are transporting more military hardware now uh than uh, they have in a long long time our military was in worse shape than it was under carter and for you who were around at that time know how terrible that was i know how terrible it was because i was in the military during uh, jimmy carter's presidency and then i was in during most of the presidency of Ronald Reagan, I can tell you the difference between the military at that time. And it has to be the same way now 
does it, that it was between Carter and uh, and Reagan of what it is now, the way it was under Obama and the way it is now under Trump. And this is what the president had to say uh, yesterday. It is the warrior who bears the scars of battle and who prays most fervently for peace. That is why we remember George Washington's advice that the best way to preserve the peace is to be prepared for war. And that is exactly what we do all the time. My thinking is always on military and military strength. That is why I'm proud to report that we are now undertaking the greatest rebuilding of our United States military in its history. We have secured $700 billion for defense this year and $716 billion next year approved. We're ordering 147 new F-35 Lightning fighters. This is an incredible plane. It's stealth. You can't see it. So when I talk to even people from the other side, they're trying to order our plane. They like the fact that you can't see it. I said, how would it do in battle with your plane? They say, well, we have one problem. We can't see your plane. That's a big problem. Stealth, super stealth, the best in the world. We make the best military equipment in the world. Also, remember this, jobs. We're ordering 239 Apache and Black Hawk helicopters. You know what they are there. Incredible. 19 major naval vessels and nearly 8,000 Humvees. And these will be Humvees that are used by our great soldiers, not handed out to everybody like you've been reading about in the past. All made right here in the USA. And we're adding nearly 30,000 new soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines. And I've directed the Pentagon to begin the process of creating the sixth branch of our military. It's called the Space Force. We are living in a different world, and we have to be able to adapt. And that's what it is. A lot of very important things are going to be taking place in space. And I just don't mean going up to the moon and going up to Mars, where we'll be going very soon. We'll be going to Mars very soon. But from a military standpoint, space is becoming every day more and more important. All right. So the president talking about the Space Force. You know, I've been, I'm sure you watch uh, the libs on the different talking head uh, chan- uh, channels and they all poo poo everything that goes along with the president saying the space force. I I watch them do that. You know who they also, you know, poo pooed about that. It was President Reagan. Remember, for him, it was Star Wars. It's what they called 
uh, the program dealing with, you know, the fights that they figured that we would have to fight uh, against other countries' satellites. Uh, it was during his uh, administration that the uh, work really began on lasers and being able to hit rockets with other rockets and things of that nature. And I always try to remind people that it was Star Wars that brought the Soviet Union to their knees. It was Star Wars, and they're trying to keep up with all of our new technology that we were developing that imploded their their economy. Because they don't have they didn't have and still don't have as strong of an economy as this country does. You know, you gotta have might to be able to protect your nation uh you know from your enemies. But you have to have your economy humming along so that you can pay to be able to protect your nation. And this president uh, is doing that. You know, if you want a career working outdoors and serving your community, then what you want to do is get a hold of PI Roofing. PI Roofing and Home Solutions is expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. You can go and build your future with PI Roofing. Join up with Joel Johnson and and Veronica Johnson's team. They're good people. They'll give you good pay, good, uh, you know, benefits that you have coming. And uh, they've got career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, their residential roofing and service division, and home solutions division. They're growing. They're growing big. So they'd like you to make a, a difference for them as you climb your ladder to success. Apply at piroofing.com or... Call 501-707-3551. That's piroofing.com, 501-707-3551. Take this opportunity to hook your uh, wagon to this company and grow with it. I just uh, flipped up the sound on the uh, big screen here. Uh, they're carrying the uh, president's statement uh, with the EU about what's going to happen with uh, trade. The EU has agreed that they're going to buy significant amounts of American-grown soybeans. That's big news for farmers here now in Arkansas. Got a lot of soybean Uh, Farmers here in Arkansas means good things for them. Uh, Also, uh, they have agreed uh, in working on the exact wording of having no tariffs between the the nations but reciprocal trade. And that means 
if you've got for the EU, you can't uh, uh, the United States can't subsidize their industries, and the EU cannot subsidize their industries. Some of this uh, trade stuff that we've been hearing so much, the president knows how big of a market uh, the United States is. And so they're using their uh, power of the markets to uh, get uh, freer trade here uh, in the world and for uh, all of these nations. Well, if you know anything about Social Security and know about claiming Social Security benefits, you know there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits, which is the best for you. 2,728 rules govern how you can claim your Social Security. And to make matters worse, you got all that complexity there. The Social Security Administration can't give you any help about it. They're forbidden to do that. It's probably a good reason why as much as $10 billion a year in Social Security benefits go unclaimed. So learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. Uh, You can get it from David Lucas. Uh, David Lucas show right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All you have to do is uh, dial 501-653-6690. You don't want to leave any money on the table when it comes to your Social Security. That money is rightfully yours. So call 501-653-6690 or visit David Lucas Financial. Uh, dot com and get all that information. All right, another big story that's been going on, and I take a look at the Dershowitz uh, cut, if you would, number six. Uh, Russ, is it uh, too long to play here before we go to the news, or can we get it in? Okay, we can get it in. Dershowitz has this to say about Cohen and Cohen recording his uh, client, his client happens to be the uh, the president of the United States. Oh, and are you are you? I was under the belief, and I think you were too last night, that, that Rudy Giuliani could have stopped it and didn't. Well, he obviously had a tactical decision to go the way he went. That is to waive the privilege and to make a statement as to what's mm-hmm. on the tape. He could have taken a different tact. He could have said, "This is." He did say, "This is outrageous," and he could have sought a hearing to determine who leaked it and to have right. it suppressed. But he didn't take that tack because he believes he believes that the tape is exculpatory and helps Trump. I think reasonable people could disagree about that. And we'll never know for sure what the words are until we have a forensic analysis. The other key thing is that the tape ends abruptly, which means that Cohen either Mm -hmm. erased or he didn't want anybody to hear uh, afterward or he cut it off abruptly because he didn't want anybody to hear it. A forensic expert can determine why it was cut off so abruptly and give us a better sense of what the words are from both sides. Well, here are the words. The uh, the president's legal team has just put out their 
transcript, and it reads like this. Michael Cohen says, and I spoke to Alan about it, when it comes time for the financing, which will be, and then Donald Trump says, wait a sec, what financing? And Michael Cohen says, well, I'll have to pay him something. And Donald Trump says, don't pay with cash, dot, 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 check. And Michael Cohen talks over the uh, president, now president, and says, no, 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 no. All right, so why, uh, my question is, is why is your lawyer, where all of this is supposed to be client privileged, recording you? I don't trust Cohen as far as I can see him. We just have to follow the story and see where it leads us to. And uh, And I understand what Giuliani's saying, that what's being said there doesn't hurt Trump, but it does hurt Cohen, so... We'll go, we'll go from there, see what happens, uh, and as it happens, I'll uh, tell you about what's going down. When we come back, uh, got some more information for you. Cory Booker, Senator, uh, talks about Kavanaugh, and he's really going to be playing a big part. And uh, under- I saw somebody uh, on Twitter, and now, now the Republicans are understanding how the uh, Democrats felt uh, but Garrett, you know, and, and the bottom line is apples and oranges. I've explained it a million times, apples and oranges. We'll talk about it when we come back. All right, we're uh, moving down to where we only got about 25 minutes left in this uh, half hour to take a look at what's been going on as far as uh, the news of the day and the news of this week, and and there was a uh, time yesterday. Cory Booker was talking about uh, Kavanaugh, and and he and he, of course, he's up uh, for as the nominee for the Supreme Court. And I, I'm going to play what Cory Booker had to say because he he called Kavanaugh evil. I'll play it for you in a moment so you can hear why supposedly he's evil. But the president said something yesterday there in Kansas City that I I want you to listen to because he said something about the Democrats, and I've been saying this now for quite some time. In fact, I've not not been saying about the national Democrats. I've also been saying about the Democrat Party here in uh, the state of Arkansas that they are – absolutely going off the deep end. They're acting like idiots. Here, First of all, let's hear what the president had to say. It's cut number two there, Russ. And we need workers because our unemployment rate at 3.8% is so low. Now, we're taking people off the rolls and we're training people, but we need workers. And that's why I want people coming in. You know, people don't say this, and they certainly don't report it. But I want people coming into our country, but I want them coming in based on merit. I want the merit system so they can help us. Merit. The forgotten men and women of our country are forgotten no more. The Democrats are trying to find out who are these people that came out to vote? Where did they come from? Remember that? Where did they come from? Now they know, but they're not going to the Democrats who are going so far left that nobody can believe it. They want open borders and crime's okay. We want strong borders and we want no crime. Other than that, we're very similar. Other than 
we're very subtle. We also know that to be a strong nation, we have to have these strong borders. We cannot send our military to confront threats abroad, only to allow those same threats to cross our borders and to threaten us right here at home. Okay, so of course he's referring to uh, the Democrats that are calling for the abolition of ICE. Uh, they're talking. He's talking about the Democrats that want the borders to be open and uh, people can just pour into our nation without any uh, any questions asked. I mean, this is that that's lunacy. That's lunacy. Number one, you cannot have a nation if you don't have borders. It's that simple. There's nothing there then. So uh, keep that in mind. But it, it's, you know, getting rid of ICE and, and uh, you know, open borders and, you know, the spark of God is in MS-13. And it, it's all of those types of statements. And then you got Cory Booker who says this about our uh, Supreme Court nominee, uh, Kavanaugh, suggesting that Kavanaugh is evil. Here, take a listen. There is so much at stake here that this has nothing to do with politics. This is to do with who we are as moral beings. And so I want to call on everybody. I'm not here to tell folk just what they should know. I'm here to call on folk to understand that in the moral moment, there is no, there is no neutral. In, in, in a moral moment, there is no bystanders. You are either complicit in the evil, you are either contributing to the wrong, or you are fighting against it. There's a saying from the Abraham face in one of the Psalms that says, Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But that doesn't say, though I sit in the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say that I, 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 I'm watching on the sidelines of the valley of the shadow of death. It says I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It says I am taking agency that I am going to make it through this crisis. And so I am calling on everyone right now who understands what's at stake, who understands who Kavanaugh is. My answer says that someone shows you who they are. Believe them the first time. He has shown us who he is. All right. What did he just say about Kavanaugh? He is drawn you in to the argument that Kavanaugh is an evil person. An evil person. You know, my first thing is, Senator, stay a senator by far by all means, do not become a preacher because you sure don't know your theology and you have no idea what the 23rd Psalm is saying there. Unbelievable. There's a, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says that if you change the words and meaning of Scripture, that there's a special place in hell for you, you better take that seriously because you're bending and spinning uh, that completely. So bottom line is really does uh, concern me uh, that the Democrats have lost their collective minds. 
I'm, I'm going to play one more piece for you right after we take a break because this piece is long. It's about five minutes. It happened yesterday on The View, and it's where Megan McCain, who, believe me, is nowhere near a very conservative Republican, very moderate, and Joy Bear slugged it out over socialism. And as you listen to it, and I play it twice, you got to listen to what is being said, what each side is saying. And it's hard to hear at times because they got into it really good and they were going over each other, speaking over top of each other uh, as they were uh, debating this. But it's a debate we have to have because, you know, the moderate uh, Democrats and and they're 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 fracturing, you know, fracturing now. You've got Democratic socialists now, and Bear is one of them that is in on it. She she's all about it. So you, let's hear what they what they have to say. Let, let's hear. I'm going to play it when we come back, Russ. Don't worry about it. I get it. I, I want to remind people about Sonny's here first. But just keep in mind, listen to what you have you have them say, and what kind of country do you want? Because you have a part of the Democratic Party doesn't believe in this country. They want to, you know how Obama said he wanted to fundamentally change the country, and he began doing it seriously. And this president has started unraveling some of that. When we come back, listen closely to Bear and what she says. And uh, it should be enough to make ice flow through your veins. Sonny's Auto Salvage, number one choice for recycled auto parts. Uh, your car or truck, uh, it, uh, it meets the end of its life one or two way. Either they get worn out and it's not worth fixing them again, or they've been totaled in an accident. And then you can use people pieces off of that truck to uh, use on other trucks just like it to keep those trucks running and cars running uh, and, and keep them very useful for uh, thousands of miles of more driving on the roads. And at Sunny's Auto Salvage, they pick uh, by hand, and typically it's RD, uh, only one well-maintained total loss vehicles. And uh, you can get those parts for your car uh, for half the price that you'll get them at some of the shops. And you can have it delivered to the people who uh, do the work on your car, or you can have the work for your car, like having an engine put in it or whatever, done through uh, the folks at Sunny's Auto Salvage. Uh, they, if every part is guaranteed, it comes with a standard warranty, they offer one, two, and three-year warranties on all parts. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Call about the parts that you're looking for at 982-7451, 982-7451. The View up next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, this just broke about uh, the president's meeting with the EU today. And uh, I want you to listen closely to what is said here. President Trump announced today that he has secured major trade concessions from the European Union 
as part of an effort to head off a trade war between the U.S. and the EU. After talks at the White House with EU officials, Trump announced in a joint Rose Garden appearance that the delegation agreed to increase uh, the imports of soybeans and LNG. That's uh, liquid natural gas. Now, I want you to think back two weeks, and the president was over at NATO, and he was talking uh, to the folks there, and he was asking about why they were bringing in Russian gas. They're their number one enemy. Why would you depend on your number one enemy to supply you with your number one used source of energy? And if you remember, the Democrats went crazy. And, oh, how dare he talk to, you know, the the EU that way. And this is going to be terrible for us as far as trade. Well, increase of imports of soybeans and liquefied natural gas. Both sides agreed to work toward the goal of zero tariffs and subsidies on non-auto industrial goods and to resolve recent tariffs that both sides have imposed. Trump said this was a very big day for free and fair trade. He also said uh, they're looking to slash regulations that limit access to each other's markets and to reform the WTO, that's the World Trade Organization, and limit unfair market practices. Trump made the announcement alongside European Commissioner President Jean-Claude Juncker at a press conference in the Rose Garden after more than two hours of talks at the White House. We have set out to launch a new phase of close friendship between the United States and the European Union, strong trade relationships where both of us will win. The import of soybeans is a boost to American farmers who have seen prices plummet after China slapped a retaliatory tariff on American goods including soybeans in the wake of U.S. uh, tariffs on aluminum and steel. Trump had said earlier today that the U.S. was seeking a level playing field on trade with the EU. For years, the U.S. has been losing hundreds of billions of dollars in trade with the European Union, and we just want it to be a level playing field for our farmers for our manufacturers, for everybody. And we also want a big beneficiary, frankly, to be the European Union. And we think it can be good for everybody. And that's why we are here to discuss. The move is likely to soothe fears of an escalating trade war in the wake of Trump's decision to slap a 25% tariff on steel, 10% tariff on aluminum. The EU subsequently retaliated with tariffs on the number of U.S. goods. Trump said Wednesday they would look to resolve those issues as part of fresh negotiations. We made a deal today, said the EU representative, in the Oval Office earlier 
He made conciliatory comments saying that the U.S. and EU are close partners, allies, not enemies, and noted that the U.S. and EU represent half of the world's trade. The Washington Post reported today that Trump was considering slapping a 25% tariff on automobiles, an idea that has drawn fierce criticism from uh, EU officials from where many U.S. car imports uh, originate. Uh, In an interview with CBS News this month, Trump described the EU as a foe, said, I think the European Union as a foe, what they do to us in trade. You wouldn't think of the European Union, but they're a foe. And he's right. They've been beating us over the head uh, on uh, on trade for a long time. Remember what Trump said last night at uh, in Kansas City. I played the piece for you about that. When you're running a trade deficit of $817 billion, somebody's getting screwed, and it ain't the one that's getting the money. All right. So anyway, that's what's going on. Wanted to bring that up. And uh, whenever the president is doing things, there's one thing I do know. Uh, the things that he does, uh, he has a reason for doing them. All right, I was going to play that part about the view, but we don't have time because that's like a five-minute piece. Do we have time? No, we do have time. All right, so check out, listen to what uh, Joy Bearhart is saying about democratic socialism. We were talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and she's one of the reasons that what is now being called democratic socialists are rising stars in the party. But I, I'm a little concerned about that because I, this was my problem with Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. If you're a socialist, tell me that. Mm-hmm. Don't say that you're a Democrat because you clearly don't. We don't have the same uh, ideas of what should be happening if you're a Democrat. I, so I, I wonder uh, if this is now a splinter group. Um, if anybody's discussed the difference between socialism and democratic uh, socialism, well, so, well, I, I don't know. Isn't it more well, like, isn't democratic socialism very close to liberalism? I mean, no. I mean, no. Well, think about it for a second. Medicare, Social Security, uh, well, garbage that's, collection, the post office, the library. Co- I agree with you. That's all. Well, I agree with you because we, we had her on the show, and I asked her this question about what do you mean by being a democratic socialist? And she went over her platform. She says Medicare for all, good, uh, fully funded public schools and universities, love it, paid family and sick leave. <laughs> Good. Justice system reform, immigration justice, yeah. infrastructural overhaul, clean campaign finance, an economy of peace, housing as a human right. Well, I don't no, know. It's a really well, successful well, country. I, well, let me just back up along with that. This makes my head explode, which, by the way, I hope Democrats do run a democratic socialist. Do you hope that just, we win? Do you win? Do you uh, the Democrats no, because I think you'll lose spectacularly, and then I will look forward to election night when I finally get to tell everybody I told you so if you end up running a radical. Problem with socialism, in the words of Margaret Thatcher, at a certain point you run out of spending other people's money. Venezuela, one of the richest countries in the world in the 70s. Now, the average Venezuelan has lost 24 pounds because they're starving to death. 90% of I the country like is Scandinavia. I think she's talking more about Scandinavia than Venezuela. I, but I'm sorry. I need, this is what I need from her. Name one country that socialism has ever worked. And also, every, every democratic socialist Copenhagen. who is going um, on TV Denmark. saying that it's good needs Norway. to start paying 90% in taxes. Iceland. On your tax form. No, on your tax 
On your tax form, I think you should start paying the amount of taxes that every socialist in this country thinks you need to. Because if you think the government is so good at okay. spending money, look at the VA. Oh, no, no, but what about it is dangerous. I just told you several countries that do it. Hold on, everybody. God bless you all. Socialism to be normalized okay. in this country. I am an example. All right. Well, you know where Joy Bear is at now. She's a real dyed in the wool socialist commie. You gave all the rich people a tax break. <sighs> God help me. Well, last week I told you Duck and Joe were both out. They were both on vacation. They didn't plan it that way. It just happened to fall that way. No, we didn't consult with each other about when to go. That's I thought sure. it was funny. <laughs> so they were both out, and uh, Gary Henry came in to fill in, and you learned a lot about uh, his operation and how he's expanding where he's at and yes. building on and going to be uh, needing some more uh, folks over in his uh, facility. I'm just telling you, if you got a son or a daughter and they like to work on cars, now's the time to make your move. To get into the industry, it's a good time right now. Yeah, because people are hiring. That's it. All across America, people are hiring. It's, the economy's going well right now. Yes, it is. You know, and that's good. You know how I tell that 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 all, whole thing? I go by Joe's and a lot of the stalls, if not all of the stalls, are full. We've been staying full. We've <laughs> been working. Everybody, we've been, you know, every business goes through the holiday, or not the holiday season, but the the vacation season. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a little slump there. Well, you, you get you guys, you know, everybody wants to do it in the summertime, so it's kind of, it's the busiest time of the year, but we have to fight through it, and that's what it's about. So, you know, it's part of it, but we'll, we'll make it through, and we'll... We'll do the best we can to get them all fixed in a timely manner, but sometimes it kind of slows us down. Everybody has to understand, though, if you're going on vacation, call your bumper-to-bumper certified service center a couple of weeks before and make yes. an appointment to go to get worked on. Don't wait till the day before you're going to leave and say, well, I need you to change oil on it and check it Yeah, for a trip because you may need – more work done on it to make that trip safely than what we can do in one day yeah and the parts availability and you know you you bring them in and you say i'm going on vacation if you give me a week 10 days ahead of time i'll make sure you get there and back without any problems 
and that's what you need from that inspection. You know, want to look at the brakes, the tires, and sure, and uh, all the safety issues, wiper blades, and make sure all the fluid levels up. There's nothing leaking. A little leak right now could be a big one on the side of the road, 800 miles from here. You know, you know, there's something else I wanted to talk to you about about trips like that. And and you were on a trip, and you did something that I thought was smart. Uh, you used a rental car, absolutely, while you're out. All mm-hmm. right. I am going to Florida come in September, and I'm using a rental car because mm-hmm. I know my car's got a lot of miles on it. When the yeah. more miles you get on it, the better chance there is of something going bad while you're traveling. So why take that chance when I can get a absolutely brand new car, basically, and drive it and take all that worry off of me? When uh, me and Susan went flew to Colorado, we're in a car in Denver, went to where we were staying at. It's about an hour and a half drive. That week, I put 1,100 miles on a rental car. Yeah. And so, you know. Amateur. If, 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 <laughs> if but the deal is, if, if, you know, if, if you can drive it in eight hours, you need to drive it. And that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you can't drive in eight hours, you need to fly because you're going to spend a day and a half trying to get there and a day and a half get home. You yeah, three riding. three days of your vacation. So they're riding. <laughs> Instead of, you know, a half a day to get there and a half a day to get home. That's all we run. You know, right. Waiting in the airport and the planes and all that. But, you know, and, and you know, if you fly up there or wherever you're going, you fly to where you're going, just rent your car. It's a great deal. And yeah, They're not really that works. expensive, you know. No, it's not as expensive as it, as it once was. Yes. Used to be really expensive, not now. I think the uh, rental car that we're using, Enterprise, I don't mind saying it because the place I use is in Cabot, and they do a, mm-hmm. a great job. Sure. They do a great job. Uh, I just sent Linda down to Texas, and I rented her a car to drive, and it cost her for a whole week. She drove all the way down to uh, Breckenridge, which is on the other side of Dallas and Fort Worth by about mm-hmm. two hours. Yeah. Uh, and it cost her $330. It's not bad. No. Can't beat that. No. You can't beat that. And it, uh, she, enjoyed the, she enjoyed the drive. She doesn't get to drive normally. Guess who drives? She gets to ride. Yeah, she gets to ride. I love to drive. I'm a big driver. But uh, so we're going to go to Florida for our vacation, and we're renting a car, and it's going to cost just about the exact same amount for us to. We're going to drive over and drive back because it's eight hour drive. Sure, I I go by by about the same thing you do, Joe. To be honest with you, well, you know. For what it costs to fly today, you it would if you if you had to drive twelve, fourteen, twenty hours and spend the night in a motel, and your fuel and the wear and tear and everything. You might as well fly. That's what I'm saying. You buy a plane ticket for that. Yeah, you know. So hey, just kind of use that as a as a guide or example. Yeah, and you you'll get there a whole lot fresher and enjoy your trip a, a little bit more. Well, you won't be wore out and tired from two days worth of driving. I got to ask you a question. Why back in the day, and everybody knows I'm 65, all right? So we're going back a little bit. My first full-time job was working with a a group called uh, Red Book. They were located, the owners, in Jonesboro. And no, it wasn't Jonesboro. Let me take that back. It was um, 
another town right over there in the Jonesboro area. Now I, I forget. I'll come up back with it and tell you. But uh, the Swindles owned the uh, the company. It happened to be the brother of our next-door neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for a gig, and they knew I had the, uh, they like to say, the talent for speaking, yeah, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I, I went over, and they hired me, and my I had to go out to, uh, my my area was Arizona, New Mexico, California, Oregon, and Washington. That's a lot of driving. No kidding. Okay. But as I was going out there, I was going through Flagstaff, Arizona. It was in the late fall. I remember that, and I remember it snowed that night in Flagstaff. Flagstaff is in a high elevation. I got up in the morning, got ready to get back on the road, and the, my car, which was a Grand Torino, is what I was driving at the time, wouldn't start. Got it towed open, and, and you know this was back when I did, I had limited funds because I really wasn't working yet. I was getting out to be able to work, so I took basically my life savings at that time, and the last thing I wanted to do is go to the garage. And I got there, and they had to do some work on the carburetor because I was a lot higher than I had. You don't have to do that anymore. Is that the benefit of fuel injection? Absolutely. The uh, most fuel-injected engines have a what they call a mass airflow sensor. and uh, I hear that all the time. I had no idea what it did. Well, it, it, it measures the volume of air tra- traveling in the engine. It also monitors the temperature of that air. But it's also a barometric pressure sensor. And even if it doesn't have a mass airflow, it's going to have a, a, a BMAP on it, MAP sensor. Uh-huh. What that does, it tells the computer the barometric pressure outside. And at sea level, it reads that pressure. But like in the top of the Rocky Mountains where the air is a lot thinner and, and, and a lot less humid. Okay. It tells the computer that, so it can adjust your fuel management. So, you know, before you'd, if, if you had a carburetor and you were at sea level and they adjusted it, it'd run fine. If you drove at the top of the Rocky Mountains, it wouldn't even idle. Right. Every time you come to stop, it'd die. It, yeah, and that's what was happening. And so they'd have to readjust the carburetor on it. And, but once you came back down to a lower altitude, have to do you'd it again. To set it back up again because it changed the fuel management system. But in today's cars with computers and fuel injection and they have a lot more intricate ways to balance the fuel management to keep the engine running to its optimum fuel economy and performance for whatever altitude you're at. That's basically how yeah, it works. I was lucky that it stopped where I had stopped to spend the night. Yes. Yep. I mean, that could just went kaput on the side of the road somewhere. Well, generally what will happen, you'll end up gas fouling some plugs on the old carbureted engine because it runs too rich. So what you have to do, you've got to set the uh, just the carburetor and the choke on it for that altitude and temperature and all that, so it'll do better. Yeah, they told me, uh, sir, you'll have to redo it, when redo this when you get uh, on the other side. Well, I wasn't going home. I was. Yeah, you still was going, going up. I was going you? to work. Yeah. yeah, you were steadily going higher. That's higher exactly higher. it. Yeah, I was going <laughs> over the Rockies at that time. 
I just I've always wondered about that, and I figured it had something to do with the the way the fuel uh, was handled by the car in a thinner atmosphere. Well, the engine tries to adjust itself all the time. You know, uh, the O2 sensors are monitoring the fuel, the unburned fuel in the exhaust. So basically, and, and on today's cars, most of them have four. Some of them have six. Some of them have eight. But basically, they have four. And they got, you know, post-cat and pre-cat O2 sensors. But those are very important as well as the the MAP sensor and or the mass airflow or whatever type management system they're running there's two or three different ones but what basically what it does what you want is you want the o2s to say hey we're too rich and then you want the pcm the processor in the car to say all right let's close up those injector milliseconds by milliseconds how far the pendle stays open how Uh long they'll close that up and then the o2 will say hey we're too lean and then it'll richen it up again and then it says, hey, we're too rich. And it says, okay, we'll lean it back down because that's the optimum fuel management you have. You're lightly rich. You're lightly lean. You're lightly rich. You're lightly so lean. It's so it's doing this. Constantly switching. Really quickly it's happening. Oh, yes, <laughs> it is. And, you know, they got some Lambda sensors that do it even faster than that. And they're monitoring NOx gases and other stuff and making adjustments on the engine. Uh, you've got uh, cam phasers now where they – what you would call advanced the valve timing or retard the valve timing for performance and economy. They're doing a lot of different things, Dave, to get you the best performance they can get you at the best fuel economy they can get you. I am amazed at what cars do now. I mean, I really am. I'm amazed at what they do because I'm going to tell you what, that's a hassle when you're out traveling like that and you don't, I didn't have a clue. And then now I got to stop somewhere that, you don't I'm, know. I have no idea who these people are, how good they are, and that's right. They can bury you out in the desert, keep your car. <laughs> I was. I hey, was this guy's ner- from Arkansas. He ain't nobody yeah, gonna no, come out I here was, look for him. This is when I lived. <laughs> this is when I lived in uh, Northwest Indiana. Well, they're the same thing. When anybody from Indiana coming to look yeah, for him, yeah, that's exactly. They're gonna find yeah. him. We'll bury him in the desert and part his car out. <laughs> yeah, just a little history for you there. Just be glad. Not everything in the old days were the best. No, it's it's been constantly cars and automobiles, uh, the technology we have, and everything like that, it has it, changed so much. It's awesome, Dave. <laughs> Somebody wants to talk to you. I'll let them do that. we got to get a break in. It's Dave Ellswick Show here on The Answer. All right, back with you here with Joe from Joe's Garage. He's in here typically every Wednesday Last week was an atypical week because Joe was on vacation and then Duck was on vacation too. By the way, last place I know we can play, where's Duck right now? Uh, last thing I got is a, a picture of him and his wife standing next to a, side that's a sign that says Estes Park. Did you guys pass each other and wave at each other? I was in the plane. He didn't see me. <laughs> But I waved at everybody that was below. There you go. You waved at everyone. That's it. That was a fan. How far? How long was that trip? I mean, you flew probably from here to Dallas. Yeah, I got on plane. I switched planes in Dallas yeah. and then went straight to Denver. And took what? About two hours? Uh, from here to Dallas, about 45 minutes. Oh, and, yeah. And then up and down. There was an hour layover there. And then from uh, Dallas to Denver, I think it was two hours. Yeah. That's close. Yeah. That's fast. 
Just think about if you had driven it. Oh, hey, I'd still be driving coming on. <laughs> 11 hours, you know, yeah, yeah. you're making the drive. Going to to Colorado, I love Colorado. Mm-hmm. It's just a problem you got to cross Kansas to get there. Well, I'm going to make everybody jealous because uh, we stayed in Cripple Creek and uh, Midnight Rose Hotel, and we got up in the morning. It was somewhere around 55, 59 degrees, Ooh. and a high during the day was somewhere between 72 and 75. Wow, nice. That's if it didn't thunderstorm. For thunderstorm, it stayed in the 60s. We had two or three days where it's had afternoon thunder showers. Yeah. So the temperature didn't get up too high. That'd be a little cool. Hey, it's like outdoor air conditioning. Yeah. The place we went. Everybody, if you're a real rock and roller, you remember the song Cripple Creek by the band. Yep. You know, they were there a long time ago. There's been people there since the 1890s. <laughs> yeah. Looking for, for gold. Exactly. And some of their old mine shafts still out there. You can look at them. They're just out in the middle of the nowhere and there's a hole with a pile of dirt they says what's that about it's where a guy went out there and staked a claim and dug till he found something or he didn't yep. most of them they didn't find anything that's it. yeah they a dry hole that's, that's what they found absolutely they found some sweat at the bottom of it <laughs> yeah no money that's the problem all right so tell us about uh, bumper to bumper and why you use them bumper to bumper uh parts automotive parts that's what we do dave we fix cars for a living we don't work on cars we actually fix cars yeah so if you're going to fix a car you want the most quality automotive parts you can buy not the cheapest you know if you're out to save money go to the discount box stores if you want good quality parts go to bumper to bumper and they'll have them there name brands ac delco motorcraft gates standard motor products the list goes on and on i'm talking about country companies that's that the vendors their vendors are hundreds of years old that's how long they've been around yeah and and you know you, you know those guys make quality parts they're not uh selling parts that have a little sticker on it says made in china they're not doing that they're selling good quality auto parts that we like the service is what we like too we get you know here in little rock they have a warehouse with about 13 14 million dollars worth of them and it's a it's a distribution center for like Central Arkansas, uh, Northern Louisiana, uh, part of Oklahoma, part of Kansas, all the way around. It's four or five state area here. So they've got people that are driving those parts everywhere, huh? Yes, absolutely. Because they got to get there quickly, mm-hmm. quickest. They, it's a win win situation. We talk about this all the time. If they can get the part quickly, they can get it put into your car faster that makes you get out of that stall faster and gets a new customer in you get out get your car back and get using it the way you want to and joe gets a new customer taken care of well we you know we try to strive hard if you make an appointment to give you one day service most of the cscs do that uh we can't always do that depending on you know people ask all the time well how can you say that so well? If it can be done in six, seven hours, we'll have it ready in one day. Because you if can get the parts. If it's a fourteen-hour job, it ain't going to happen. Right, right. Just because it, you can't do that. And in today's world, you know, a lot of times uh, folks say, "Well, what's you know? Tell me the what it's going to cost and how long." I said, "Well, we know what's wrong with it. We'll know what it's going to cost and we know how long it'll take to fix it." But there is some time spent on the diagnostic because Dave, we test, not guess. Mm-hmm. And so you know, if you drive up to the the discount parts store place and the kid puts a code reader on it says well it's got o2 code in it that 90 percent of o2s 
if it's got a code in there for not switching and that O2 is live and current and giving you a reading, 90% of the time there's nothing wrong with that O2. There's something else wrong with that car. Well, it's something making the O2 not do what it's supposed to do. Remember the rich lean, rich lean? Yes. Now, if you had an injector that was stopped up and it couldn't put the fuel in there, I don't care how long you leave that panel open, it's trashed up. It's not going to spray enough fuel in there. So the, the O2 says, hey, we're lean, we're lean, we're lean. Then the PCM tries to offset that, and it starts making other changes on it to offset a, a problem it's got because it's trying to do its job, which is manage the fuel management side of it to get you the best fuel economy performance you can get so if you got o2 that ain't switching or o2 code if it ain't a heater failure or an open you've got something else wrong with that car yeah i can talk about that i told you about that one day driving down the road and the car started flipping started missing and then it started just hitting me with four or five different codes at once yes and then it stopped and ran perfectly mm-hmm. and some you you use said that it sounded like you got a piece of trash or a piece of carbon come loose and gotten hung in the valve or something yeah something you know that and and, and these uh, these computers that run these cars are pretty smart because if it sets a code it'll tell me whether it's a current code how many ignition cycles has been since it done it or it'll put it over in the history because whatever was wrong with it corrected itself it was am- it's amazing I'll, I'll tell you more about that when we come back but right now it's time for the news, and I'll be back with Joe. All right, so when we left, I was talking about a weird thing that happened to me when I was driving the car, and all of a sudden, and the reason I'm telling the story is just to tell you how fast the computer makes it for your car to fix itself. It tries to fix itself first. I mean, uh, I I had some trash or something go through a, the fuel line, and it reduced the power on the car. The ABS system went out. So all these things happened, mm-hmm. and it all happened in about four seconds. Well, it was he, just like boom, 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 boom. Chug it, chug it, chug it, boom. <laughs> and it cleared up, and the lights went back yeah. out, and it was good to go. And it was, and that's exactly what it was. It was making all kinds of noises and chugging, and then it stopped and ran completely. Joe can tell you because I called him as it was doing it, and then I called him back about two minutes later and said, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. I get those calls pretty regular, Dave. Uh, sometimes you could have some have bought some fuel with some too much moisture in it, water in it. When it gets through there and goes in, those cylinders misfire. And <clears throat> these engines have misfire counters on them. If it misses enough times, what it does it sets a code in the ECM for the engine and to turn on the service engine soon light or the check engine light. Right. When it turns that light on, you've got traction control that can't operate with those codes in there. So the ABS light comes on. It says traction disabled. And you'll have uh, those lights come on to tell you those systems are turned off because it takes the engine computer, the transmission computer, the ABS brake computer, all working together to function the traction control. And when it misfires enough times, and it's a hard misfire, uh-huh. it counts those, and it says, "Hey, we need to we need to slow this car down because if you keep driving it like that, you might damage or hurt some other parts of the engine." That's like just give you an example, say the catalytic converters. Right. So you had the injector stick open too much fuel in there to burn the converters up. Well, so I had that happen one time. You did. <laughs> but that car to protect itself will put it in reduced engine power mode. Yeah. 
But if you drive it like that and then reduced in with those lights on, come to a stop and go to take off again, it looks at that and it says, hey, we're running good here. Everything's all right. I don't see what we saw before. Mm-hmm. That waters went on through or that piece of carbon did that was hanging the valve open or something and making it miss. We're doing good. It'll leave that SES light on that service in the soon light, but all those other lights will go off because those those systems will come back online. Right. And the only thing you'll have is the SES light, and it'll be in there until you cycle the ignition key. Like, you can't just sit there and turn it on and off. Right. It's what they call a drive cycle, where you put the key in it, you start the engine, and you actually put it in gear, and you go drive it like 10 or 15 miles, do some stops and goes. After enough ignition cycles and it passes that, it'll actually turn that SES light back out and put all those codes and that information over into the history and take it out of the current. And so, yes, your car is smarter than you are. Well, it's working hard to save data. <laughs> I'm you just know? saying, no. And that data we used to diagnose what was going on with yeah. it. If you brought it in and said, well, that light was on for two days, now it's out again. But I want to, you know, get it checked. We'll look at it, and we'll go back and look at that stored data because you'll have freeze-frame data. The minute that code was set, it takes a picture of all the data, what engine speed, what RPM, how fast the vehicle was traveling. I didn't know that it what range, what, what range the transmission was in, what RPM it was at, what how fast you were going. Everything is monitored, and it takes a snapshot picture of that, and it puts that data over into the freeze frame data so we can look at it later. Wow, I did, I did not know it took pictures. That's, well, it's a freeze frame. It just right. freezes that frame. Right. I can't just like on a computer, if you were looking at a page in a computer, yeah. and there was a glitch in there, it, a takes screenshot. A, it takes a screenshot of that and puts it over there and saves it. That helps us. So if, we, if we're going to try and duplicate your complaint, we can go out and we can drive that car to the exact same thing you were doing when that problem occurs. So if it does happen again, we'll be able to monitor that and hmm. be able to diagnose it. That's very interesting. It's a, I mean, I find that amazing that you don't even know it's happening. Oh, it's, it's the technology in your car today to drive your car is probably 50 times more than they had in 1969 when they put a man on the moon. I was just going to say that. I bet it you. It is. That PCM in your car is 50 times stronger than those computers they had that were four blocks long. Yeah. Doing yeah. all that. Oh, yeah. Ten, uh, ten or punch, 12 people punch walking cards. around and looking at them and writing down data and, yeah. and, and all that. It's, it's amazing what an automobile can do today. Yeah, it it is an amazing thing. And so... Now you can drive over the Rocky Mountains, and your car don't have any problems with it. You can go to the top and back down, and it'll adjust and make a um, fuel management strategies, match what environment you're in, t- uh, the air temperature outside, the barometric pressure, everything. All for fuel economy and performance. And all these young bucks think they know so much. Didn't have to put up the crap we did earlier on. <laughs> no. I'm going to tell you, I, I get this pretty often, Dave. Now, people will come into my shop that still have older vehicles with carburetors on them. Right. And they'll say, you know, this thing ain't never had this problem before. And I said, what's that problem? Well, I can drive it around and it runs fine. I can park it and it'll set out there for about two weeks. And then when I go back out there to start it, it's hard to start. 
And I said, well, yeah, it is. He said, well, it's never done that before. I said, yes, sir, it has. It's got a carburetor on it. Yeah. I said, you let it set out there two or three weeks, there ain't no gas left in that carburetor. Right. It's evaporated. There's vent stacks on the top of a carburetor go right up in the air cleaner. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you have to pump the gas from the fuel pump from the tank to the pump from the pump you have to fill the float bottle up in the carburetor gotta prime it up if you start that truck or car every day with a carburetor on it you won't have that problem but if you let it set out there two or three weeks or a month it's going to be crank 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 and crank and pump and pump and pump and then <clears throat> that's one thing folks have forgotten about number two all carburetors have a personality depending on the temperature outside how you start that you know you remember that old story your dad said well now if you get in that old truck over there you pump that gas one time and get off of it otherwise you're going to flood it yeah 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 you remember that yeah sure because that was the personality for the way that choke was for the temperature outside he knew how to start it because he had been doing it for years so today's world you don't have to do that you don't have to worry about computer does it for you a fuel injected engine knows how much fuel to spray in that motor for it to start for the ambient temperature it is outside if it's minus 15 it knows how much fuel to spray in there instantaneously you get a three second prime run on a fuel pump it's going to have 50 60 pounds of fuel pressure if it's a direct uh, injected engine it's going to have 11 1200 pounds of fuel pressure but it knows exactly how long to keep that panel open on that injector and close it back up so it puts the right amount of fuel in there to start at whatever temperature it is outside and on top of that it learns the way you drive so it may make changes to everything because it knows well i know he's going to be a squirrel when he wants to leave so well they they do have an adaptive strategy a lot a lot a lot of these vehicles uh some of the fords and and some of the domestic stuff when you make like change engines on them or do whatever it goes through a learning curve it has to sometimes has to relearn how to idle whether or not you're with it in gear, out of gear, with your foot on the brake. And we do crank relearns all the time. We do all kinds of relearns on anything that are done on a car today. If it's got anything to do with the fuel system or any electronics on it, sometimes there are setup strategies you have to go through and put information in there for stuff to work properly. Very interesting. All right, we got to get to a break. As we get ready to do that, let's talk about as we've been talking about how cars run is different than they were when they had carburetors, cars now, it, they run differently in the kind of oils they use. I mean, I think all of us can remember 10W30 and oh, 10W40. I remember non-detergent oil. Okay. And then detergent oil come out. Yeah. You know, it was 30, 30 weight. That was the the normal right there and then when they went to multi-grades they went to 1030 and 1030 you could put in anything and be safe you can't do that anymore dave no you got to put the oil they made the car what are we born with absolutely and and if you don't do that you can damage the engine because if you put a heavier weight oil in it than what it was designed to run it can actually do serious engine damage It'll cavitate the, these these for instance e, uh, engine designed to run on zero twenty. When you start that up, it's going to have about sixty, seventy, eighty pounds of oil pressure. As it warms up, that's going to drop down to twenty to thirty pounds. But if you put a heavier weight oil in there, when you start that up, it could have one hundred and fifty pounds of oil pressure. But the problem is, you have a check valve in that oil pump. 
And if it blows that check valve open, it's not pumping nothing up at the top. It's dumping it in the pan because it's too much pressure. Well, what happens to the top of the engine, Dave? It don't get enough oil. There's not oil, and that's the worst time of wear on your car. 80% engine wear. That's right, when you first start it. So if you've got the wrong weight oil in there or the wrong, if it's born with conventional, you can upgrade it to synthetic. But if it was born with synthetic, you need to leave it at synthetic. And uh, when we do an oil service at Joe's Garage, we look up what it was born with. That's what I put back in it. And if the customer says, I don't want that in there, put this in there. I put a note on the ticket. Customer requested this oil because I'm not going to be responsible because if the car is still under factory warranty or an aftermarket warranty or an extended warranty policy of some sort, if it has any engine damage and they see that you've put the wrong oil in it or the wrong weight of oil, they won't warranty it because that's operator error. Yeah, they won't honor it. That's correct. You've done that. Exactly. So it's important to get the the right kind of oil and getting the best oil into your car, and that's where B&M comes in. B&M, Chevron, Haviland, it's great stuff, Dave. I've had some folks that come in, and, you know, uh, don't get me wrong, Castro oil is good oil. They just got too done to go and high for me, so I yeah. had to get away from them. And, I, and if I move away from a brand, I want to go to one that I know is as good a quality. Yeah. And so we went over to Haviland, and we're really pleased with it. The price is right, and, and you know, it's got deposit shield technology in it, which means that uh, – you're not going to have like if you don't change your oil at proper intervals and you want to drag it out it helps reduce the uh engine sludge buildup so that's pretty good product you got going on there dave as far as that goes the deposit shield and the Havilland oil and it breaks that down so it doesn't build up and uh they have all weights they have all whether it's a synthetic blend a high mileage or whatever got anything you need we can get it for you and uh, I just I just really want folks to understand that, you know, Castro is still a good product, but they just got too cotton-picking high for me, and I had to move on. Well, and that's and what happened. But B&M was selling both of it at the same time. So and it, and that's his what Chevron happens. is good. Yeah. By, bottom line, it happens. It's a good motor oil, but because it was so good, they charged too much for it. That's because it. people – there was going to be a, a certain amount, and I probably was – part of that amount for a while that only wanted to use castro because that's all i used in that suv yeah. but then you told me that this it's met all quality. the same kind yeah. of specifications so i <laughs> i switched and it was kind of nice to save a few dollars yeah you know that movie out there that deep water horizon yes you know who owned that don't you you're gonna tell me being no, no it's bp <laughs> bp you know who owns castro bp yeah why do you think the price went up? There you go. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah. They they had it's a not li- rocket science. They yeah. had a little bit of uh, some yeah. penalties to pay. And, They're still working on it, and then they had to pay for the cleanup, and they mm-hmm. had to pay for the people that were killed. And oh yeah, it goes on and on. Something tells me the guys that made the decisions, they're not working in the oil industry anymore. Ah, they're probably not for BP anyway. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Finish up our. T- <laughs> Our talk today with Joe. Hey, don't forget, Holland Bottom Farm is not selling strawberries anymore. We we all know that too well. Uh, but they are selling fresh vegetables and they're selling fresh fruits that you can take right from their farm to your home and serve to your family really, really fresh. For instance, they've got squash, zucchini, eggplant, 
cucumbers, bell and banana and jalapeno peppers. They've got, uh, you know, watermelon, cantaloupe. They've got tomatoes. And, I mean, you, these their tomatoes are fresh. You know, the tomatoes you buy at the big box store, they are picked weeks before they get ripe. In fact, when they're shipped, they are treated with a, a gas so that it will speed up the ripening process a little bit so that when they finally get to wherever they're going, when they put them out, they're fairly close to being ripe. They're not ripe yet because they still need a few days to give them a chance for you to buy them. But you go out to Holland Bottom, you look at those uh, ripe tomatoes, those were picked today. They're really ripe, and they're, they taste really good. Uh, I love their tomatoes. I love the blueberries and the blackberries and the black diamond watermelon. I'm just telling you, if you've never had a black diamond watermelon, get one and try them out. It's almost like putting a spoonful of sugar into your mouth. It really is. It's that sweet. Uh, that's uh, the folks out at Holland Bottom Farm. They're out on 321 in Cabot. Eat the best produce and uh, veggies from Holland Bottom Farm, from fresh from the farm to your table. Well, I've learned a lot today about cars. Joe is one of the most knowledgeable people I know, and you get him and Duck in here, it's really exciting to to listen to them because they'll start talking about this, and they say, you know, I had a car, and they'll talk about that, and it's amazing. It really is amazing in the last what would you say, Joe, 20 years that cars have just changed into completely something different than they used to be? Oh, absolutely. The technology they have today, if you went back, all right, there was a time that automobile technology went in leaps and bounds like in 10-year increments. Right. Now it's like every year two-year or either 12-month increments. Yeah. That's how much it's advancing and how quick. Now, I will tell you this. I, I give you an example where we went to Colorado. We rented a, I think it was 2017 or 18 Toyota Camry. And you set the cruise button on it. Yeah. And the radar comes on. Okay. And so you set it at 72 miles an hour. And we're going through the mountains. Uh-huh. The curves and all that. Yeah. And it's got the radar on. It sees the car in front of me. When I get too close, it backs the accelerator off yeah, it and it gives down. me three driving links behind it. I never touch the gas again. We go through a town. We have to slow down to 25 miles an hour. It, it The car in front of me slows down. We slow down. We get to the other side. It's back up to 45, 65. Right. Hey, I've never touched the accelerator. It's doing the braking. It's doing the accelerating. Puts me right back up to the 72 I had it set on. Put me to sleep. As long as <laughs> I'm steering it and paying yeah, attention. Right. Same thing with the headlights, Dave. You put the head, the bright lights on automatic. When there's not a car coming at you or there's not one in within three or four turns cars, them on. turn the bright lights on. If there's a car in front of you or one coming at you, it dims them. Yeah, they should have so that on the, every car. It's the first step towards <laughs> autonomous, autonomous where, cars. Where you're yeah. not going to have to steer it. These cars are going to do it for you. And and whether and you like it or not, you'll have an option. You can turn it off and drive it. But if you turn it on, you do that a little bit and you get used to it, you're going to think this is the way to go right here. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. Well, if it gets to the point where it to drive itself, 
you're going to get in your car and take a nap. Exactly. That's how they're going to send somebody to pick you up in a Uber or a Lyft or whatever. They're going to send a car over. A car set out there in Hong Kong. Come on out. Unlock the doors. You get in. Sit down. It'll say, "Give you've, me, you've, give me you've a credit already, card." You've, you've already set your uh, destination where you want to go. It'll take you over and drop you off, and what time to come back and pick you up, and never even have to do anything. You're, you've done it all with your cell phone. See, I'm I'm apprehensive about this because I like to drive. You seem, you know, kind of. I like it. I, I I'm going to tell you, I, I it intrigues me. Okay. I, I was working on cars in the 70s, Dave. Yeah, I know. You're they, old like and, I am. And <laughs> if, if you look at that car technology-wise then and you look at one today, it's a 100 it's a hundred times better today than what it was then. You know the only thing I want to do? Fly. No, but they're working on that. I know they are. <laughs> you, you, you could take a car, and I own a garage. I have exhaust tubes, okay? That you don't use anymore. I don't use anymore. You know why? You can leave a car idling in my shop, and you'll never know it's running because you won't smell the exhaust unless there's something wrong with it. Yeah. And and that's the real key component. You can walk by a late-model fuel-injected engine, and if you can smell the exhaust, there's something wrong with the fuel management because it'll burn as clean as it can burn. It'll, and I promise you, Dave, if, if you said, I'm going to hook a water hose to that and run it inside the car, I'll bet you. I've not tried it, but I'll bet I'm willing to bet you $10. <laughs> that you could sit in there for a week and you won't be dead that's interesting now you will not go out like that i promise you all right you might get a headache but you ain't going out yeah you won't turn pink no you might turn red all right well but turn, it won't if kill you, you unless if you, you turn pink you stay in there be forever dead. it'll run out of gas before you die all right <laughs> thanks joe appreciate it. we'll Thank see you, you next Dave. wednesday here on the dave ellswick show i learned a lot today i love listening to him all right it's the dave ellswick show in just a moment we're going to have applied research in the studio talking about some of the new drugs that they are testing. You don't want to go anywhere. Some good things to talk about. Here we go. All right. Back with your final hour. Going to talk with you about uh, applied research. They come on from time to time. And uh, Randy and Donna are here with us. Uh, Randy and Donna Wright. And they're going to sit and talk with us a little bit about some of the uh, studies uh, that they got going on right now. It's really interesting. Uh, and a lot of the guy, the doctors are are local physicians. They all, yeah. you know, you know what's amazing about it is that people do not understand that here in Little Rock, they're doing some cutting edge stuff. Mm-hmm. Right here. I mean, I was just looking at Doctor Diana is working over uh, with you all, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I know that uh, a couple of years ago, uh, he was working on some stuff with erectile dysfunction and was doing, he kind of freaked me out because we were talking about it one day and I said, well, I got to get you on. He's, he's, let's put it, he's shy, like I'm coming on the radio, but he's <laughs> one of the most outgoing guys I've ever met Yeah, and always telling me jokes and all kinds of stuff. But he was doing some kind of study using electricity and stem cells. Mm -hmm. And he says, you want to do it, Dave? If you got about five grand, we'll we'll put you in the study. Because I was running into some of the typical Mm -hmm. old guy problems. And I said, if you want to give electricity to me there, you're going to have to pay me. (laughs) 
does he does a lot of studies like on his own and then we do some of his studies so he he does he does some stuff he's on cutting edge too he's he he's really got some is stuff i mean he's doing. like i said the, the, all that as he was explaining that he his whole interest was repairing what had happened to you that caused the problem that you're experiencing by making certain parts of you almost brand new again right letting yeah. it replicate itself right. and i'm like listening to him and going, yeah sure doc but but you're <laughs> right on the doctors i mean uh, dr simpson he's our medical director he's also on a, a lot of the studies that we do every study we do we have to have it's called a primary investigator a pi that has to be a physician that is under the study he oversees the study so you know, we're just make sure there's no hanky panky, yeah, well, right? All that stuff. It's all FDA regulated, and it's uh, you know stuff that's on phase two, three, and four. Usually, phase three and four, which is right before release, uh, and so uh, you can look through the list. There, we've added some since the last time we've been on uh, uh, the dermatology girls. They're knocking it out they, with some uh, studies that they're doing, and some amazing stuff that we're seeing happening in uh, dermatology. Well, you got you. You had started doing a lot of stuff with allergies, mm-hmm. and I know that I see Doctor Teresa Jeffers. Yeah, we're here. doing an asthma study right now. Okay. And, uh, as a matter of fact, we've got a patient coming in first thing in the morning. It's it's a, it's a process, you know, when somebody comes through and goes through that study. And uh, well, why don't you? Here, here's the thing to do, Randy and Donna. You jump in and and explain what he's trying to explain but you do so much a better <laughs> I do the business part yeah. she does the medical part <laughs> i just help her so when much she better. doesn't know what to say <laughs> so so here here's the key the key is you know first of all how difficult is it to work with the food drug administration working for with the government's got to be a pain in the butt i just well so far we've it is what it is. Is that what it is? Good with it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, these studies definitely are FDA regulated, which you, you want that too. Well, sure. Um, but what we have going on um, right now are uh, some major things that are, are really interesting. We have a, a kidney stone studies that is going on. This talk is, to Russ. Doctor who? Talk to Russ. Oh, my uh, producer. He knows all about. Oh. Everything there is to know about kidney stones. About kidney stones, yes. Yeah, yeah. so. All I know is I don't want them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've, I've been there on the floor crawling. So yeah, I've, I've, I've been there on kidney stones. Well, you had two two surgeries now. Uh, more than that. Okay, wow. they've had to go in and remove the, the yeah. stones, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's wow, he's been through it. Well, this is actually for ages twelve and older, so you won't, you know, kids as well too that they're looking for. Wow, kids don't uh, but drink coffee or beer, do they? Well, these are some is uh, <laughs> associated with any kind of gastrointestinal issues oh, okay. as well. So, you know, there's some uh, stipulations on that or genetic component or condition uh, with that. So that would be a, a good one. We have an overactive bladder, which there are a lot of people out there that have overactive bladder, um, and especially. Um, it's, it's for ages 18 to 80, actually. This one goes up to 80 years old. So if um, you've had a history, a six-month history of, of overactive bladder, been diagnosed with that, you might qualify uh, for that. We actually have an infant formula study now. So oh, we're cool. enrolling in that, and it's actually um, four months um, of uh, formula. They have to be healthy babies, um, and it is day um, when they're born up to day 14 uh, is when they have to get enrolled uh so um 
that's the one that's really going really well. I mean, it's they're making formula more to mom's breast milk. There's some people that that can't breastfeed obviously right uh if the baby gets jaundiced they need to add the formula whatever so um the infant formula is, is one that's really really good as well too okay so are they working on the uh, nutritional benefits of the formula is that what, that yeah what they're, they're looking doing? at the baby's growth you know okay uh, uh, and there's uh visits or the growth the uh, you know heads growing the body's growing the weight's growing the length and all that so mm-hmm Okay, so you got to have so much, you know, tr- nutritional value to have the body meet the require to mm-hmm. meet the, the body's requirements. So. Right. So we got that one going on. We have uh, got an atopic dermatitis, which is eczema. Uh, yeah, study. I, I saw that, and it's interesting because eczema now is one of the big deals that looks like pharmaceuticals are really working on right now mm-hmm. i mean i didn't know that there were different kinds of eczema some of it is caused by you know i guess dna things in your body and it comes from underneath instead of mm. and things of that nature are you familiar with the ads i must i watch i watch all the ads because i talk about all the new it, stuff that i see it does seem like that uh once you see one ad then it kind of like a wave that comes through of of course every you know, drug drug companies are competitive. Yeah. And, uh, and one thing I wanted to clear up when you t- were talking about the FDA, we're not doing this for the FDA. We right. work with the actual drug companies. It may be, I don't know, I'm just thinking of a few names like uh, Lilly or Pfizer or something like that. And so we're actually working for the drug company and working with a doctor on that. It's all regulated with the FDA, of course. But uh, uh, it does seem like that once uh you know like when viagra came out Mm -hmm. then you had all the other ones that started coming out you know so but if if somebody else comes out with it they can't piggyback on somebody else's research Research. work so they got to start all their own stuff so that's what they do is you know and that's why it's so expensive (laughs) exactly and just takes time it's a lot of time involved and they are expensive and uh, but there's a lot of detailed research is a lot of detailed stuff a lot of paperwork a lot of wet ink and a lot of a lot of paperwork involved in it you know it's been interesting uh, i know the chairman uh, or i don't know if he is still the chairman of the board at Lilly, but they they had been working on that alzheimer's drug and came up to the very end of that study and it didn't happen the way they thought it was going to happen and i'm i'm friends with a lot of people still back in indianapolis and lily is a huge employer they lost a lot of people yeah because that happened yeah you know i remember that Mm -hmm. they they used to go around to the doctors and and pass out uh the what was the erectile drug that they had uh it's the one that lasted three days. Forget uh, I forget what what yeah. it was called, but anyway, they used to pass that out like candy, mm-hmm. literally. If you know, for them to the doctors to let their patients try it, mm-hmm. that all dried up. Sure, sure. Never, I mean, it was it's sad because uh, Lily's one of the better companies out there. Mm-hmm. We're you know, we're really excited thing. about what we have coming up. It hasn't started yet, but we just uh, Doctor uh, Masood has just uh came on board with us and he's an oncology oh cool and i you know i see the emails that go across and i just i saw three emails go across because they pitch us studies all the time 
One is with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. The other one is lung cancer, and the other is pancreatic cancer. So they need something yeah, for pancreatic. I know it. I know it. Yeah. So that's all upcoming within the next couple of months. Well, that's and, good, and the, that's what's coming on board is is we're adding oncology to our. Uh, you know, tier of, of doctors that we have, and it'll be uh, Dr. Masood over here. At, well, he's right here, right across the street at, at the doctor's building okay. is where his infusion center is. I got to tell you what, that, that pancreatic cancer, they need to find mm-hmm. some treatment right. for that. that that's, a bad that's the nearest thing that I know of somebody giving you a death sentence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think that they've got a, like a. I know a, my mom had than, it. She, yeah. she died of it. Less yeah. than a 10%. Yeah. She know. lived one year. So yeah, because usually when they find it, it's already spread. Mm-hmm. That's what's right. bad about it. So anyway, yeah. enough of us just sitting here and and talking about medicine. Let's let's talk about some of these studies. First of all, run through what a person should do. First of all, you like have people just go ahead and call in and mm-hmm. kind of get into your database, right? Right. Yeah, uh, we actually have a website um, uh, www.arcarkansas.com. Uh, and we also have a phone number, okay. 501-954-7822. We actually have people there right now um, waiting on phone calls if you want okay. to call to see uh, about any of the studies that we have available. Uh, studies we're currently enrolling in is diabetic gastroparesis, and, uh, if uh, you have that. English, please. What yes. The, what does that yeah. mean? Diabe- yeah. You have to be diabetic. Okay. And then gastroparesis is where your stomach actually um, it doesn't empty correctly, so you have a, a fullness effect oh. and, you know, bloating, um, oh, wow. nausea, those kind of things. You, you have to be diagnosed with that. So if, if you're diagnosed with that and you'd like to know more information, we definitely would like to talk to you. Uh, concerning that okay um, so let's give them the phone number right off the bat here. 501-954-7822 okay that's all you got to do you call in and mm-hmm. they'll give you the long and short of what yeah you we've got, got some do. girls there now mm-hmm. that are answering the phone mm-hmm. and and can talk to you and take your name and and then uh, we'll go through it. it's called a screening process and then we'll screen you there's a list of questions you know and then they'll they'll you'll come in and they may take a blood sample or something like that to see no charge to you no 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 there's there's no charge uh-uh. no not at all and uh so donna go go over the next one here uh what you have well we have the atopic dermatitis we talked about we're looking for uh people with eczema uh on that uh we do have an asthma study dr jeffers is on that with us and it's moderate to severe asthma <clears throat> so if you're on an a rescue inhaler and then you're on a daily inhaler uh you would qualify for that possibly uh, we have actually have a testosterone study coming up. I've which, been talking about that. Yep, we got that coming up. Uh, so if you have that issue, you can certainly call us. We can see if you'd be qualified for that as well. Uh, we talked about the overactive bladder. We got the kidney stones, uh, particularly those uh, people that have kidney stones that have some sort of malabsorption disorder or uh, gastrointestinal surgery uh, uh, or a genetic condition. You would qualify for that study. Okay. Uh, and then we also have a pediatric IBS-D diarrhea study, which if your child suffers from that, um, they may be eligible. It's actually 12 to 17 years old. Um, and this is where they have frequent bouts of diarrhea uh, and have to constantly go you know, to yeah. the bathroom. 
and and that can get uh, disabling particularly when you're in school and sure. having issues and doing all that so uh, if they're age uh, 12 to 17 otherwise healthy uh, we'd love for you to call in uh, 501-954-7822 and uh, give us your information uh, and then we can either get back with you shortly if the girls are there answering the phone they can certainly talk to you uh, for a minute at this point all right we gotta get a break in let's do that 501-954-7822 is the number to call to see if you would be uh, able to get into any of these studies by the way uh, donna the diabetic uh, study is that types one or two yes type one or two all right, so keep that in mind yep. as well. Okay, quick break, more coming your way. we got folks from Applied Research here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, and we got the folks from the Applied Research Center here. Uh, their phone number, again, 501-954-7822. Now, you can also get in touch with them uh, on the Internet at A-R-C, Arkansas. It's one word. A, it's like Ark, Arkansas, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. A-R-C, A, you know, A-R-K-A-N-S-A-S dot com. And uh, you can get all this information that we're going to talk about for the rest of the show. And you can find out if you uh, have all the particulars to be able to get into one of these studies we have every study on the website that you can sign up right there it tells what the we call it inclusions exclusions it has the age what you have to have for symptoms and all that right it's right there on there it shows you know the doctor and all that that's that's on there and you can actually just fill out your name and put your phone number just it's a click click thing and then our uh, coordinator will call you and she'll schedule a call and 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 start the screening process like we talked before. Right. It's the screening process that that she just goes through. Okay, I understand. You may not you may not qualify for one study, but maybe another study comes up, and they're going to contact right. you back and see maybe you want to do oh, yeah. a different study. We'll right. we'll ask you several questions about what you may have wrong with you. As a matter of fact, we haven't even mentioned it, but we're a full service walking clinic too. Right. So when you come into the clinic, you know we. Of course, Donna or one of the other APNs will treat you, but on the last sheet of the seven pages that you always have to fill out, it has, do you have diarrhea, constipation, acne, and and all the studies that we list. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how we build our database, too, is through the walk-in clinic also. That makes sense. The drug companies love it when they come in. Wow, y'all got a walk-in clinic, too. You say, yeah, that's how we generate our patients. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and here's so. the other thing. We were talking about uh, the formula study that you got going on. We'll, we'll Excellent. Come, we'll come back on this. Yeah. Here's the key. If you're a, a young mother or a young family, and I do mean young, uh, you may not have to buy any formula. You're going to save some money just right. going through that, that study. Now, Zero to 14 days, is that what you Zero said? to 14 days old. Mm-hmm. They have to be healthy. Uh, so 37 weeks gestation born. Okay. Um, and then um, it's just, you know, follow-ups. We, we monitor their their um, length and their weight as they're going through. It's four months uh, on the study. 
uh, and the formula is provided for them. Yes. And tell us the PI on that one. Dr. Robin, Catherine Robin at Little Rock uh, Pediatric Clinic is on this study. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, here's the number to call, 501-954-7822. So if you're, uh, you got a young child, 0 to 14 days. days. Yeah, David, it, you also we also want to tell people that if they're about to have a baby, right? I mean, the mom can be, hey, I'm having a baby in, in a month. Yeah, I you can know, be we'll, all set we'll, up. Right. I, we could have it, go ahead and have everything set up, and then it, it happens, and, you know, the, the birth and all that, and then, and then oh, zero to 14 days after you have the baby, then come on over and we can get you set up. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break. Okay. We'll come back after the news. All right. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, the folks from. Uh, of course, uh, applied. <laughs> I just went. De- I just went applied research. research. Thank you. I just went blank. I apologize. Applied researcher that. with us, uh, right? I think it goes along with my age. I really do. But uh, they're here. They've got several different studies that they are in need of folks to come in and and try uh, these research studies on these drugs. Uh, we're going to run through uh, the most important ones. It doesn't mean any of the other ones are less important. It just means that they need people right now for mm-hmm. these studies. We're enrolling in those. That's okay. what we are. We're enrolling. All right. So let's turn it over to Donna here, Randy, because, again, <laughs> you do what I do. You you space out sometimes. Right. <laughs> right. Let Donna do it. Okay. So, Donna, let's start a bit this uh this one with uh, diabetics, what what exactly is this all about? This uh, diabetic gastroparesis, you can have type 1 or type 2 diabetes. Uh, you must be 18 years or older for that. Uh, di- di- gastroparesis is actually where you're suffering from um, nausea, fullness in the stomach, uh, abdominal pain, bloating. If you have gastroparesis, specifically diabetic, you're going to know it. You'll so, know it. Yeah, uh, those people need to con- to call us, 501-954-7822. Uh, we actually have atopic dermatitis studies that we'll be enrolling in. Um, we have an acne study that we'll be enrolling in, and that's ages 9 and older. And it's got to be moderate um, acne on the face. Uh, we talked about the asthma study has to be moderate to severe um, asthma. Dr. Jeffers is is our doctor on that. Uh, the actual dermatology group is uh, Pinnacle Dermatology that's with us on the the uh, dermatology studies. Uh, we've talked about the infant formula. We also have the kidney stone study with any type of malabsorption disorder, uh, gastrointestinal surgery, or genetic condition. Overactive bladder, uh, if you have that, ages 18 to 80, uh, that's where you go to the bathroom frequently. Um, what, what is fr- what's frequently? Frequently, several times a day. Okay. Uh, so, you know, uh, you feel like you still have to go after you've already went. Yeah. Um, so several times a day with that. Uh, probably be about eight, eight times a day. Uh, we have a pediatric uh, IBS diarrhea study uh, slash constipation study. Uh, so if your child is suffering from either of those ages, uh, I think that one is ages actually um, uh, 12, 12 to, to 17. 17. Right. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So if you have any issues with those, we'd be glad to talk to you to see if you would qualify for. All right. That's for irritable bowel syndrome, right? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, 12 to 17. Also on the uh, overactive bladder, that's for women. So you remember that. And uh, 18 to 80 years old have at least a six-month history of overactive bladder symptoms that include urgency, incontinence, and frequency. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Nothing worse than sneezing and, you right. know, right. having problems. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you get old, I'm just being honest, as you get older, things like that happen. Just happens. Yeah. It just <laughs> part of getting old it's not the fun part of getting old to be honest uh on on the the asthma one uh is you still got to room for some people on that yes we do uh-huh 12 to 80 years old 12 wow. to 80 mm-hmm. so you uh have to be on a rescue inhaler and also a daily inhaler already um for that but you know here in, in arkansas asthma is pretty prominent especially yeah. in the seasons with the uh, hot weather and then cold weather so um so yeah 18 to uh 80 years old we would qualify for that i would think that yeah this area would be an area for right. that because anything it's high allergies so. yeah something well, high allergies and you know constriction during the winter time and it makes it hard to breathe and during the summertime makes it hard to breathe mm-hmm. i mean that's what it comes down to as far and the as doctor on that, that one dr jeffers she's she's at the four seasons allergy and asthma okay she's right off rodney param mm-hmm. oh she's over by you all yeah, there, huh? yeah. Mm-hmm. okay yeah. just a block away that's cool you guys are located perfectly yes you're right next to burger king mm-hmm. we also have uh yeah we are right <laughs> yeah. there. we also have a uh, osteoarthritis of the knee studies um oh, yeah. an injection dr ken martin is on the studies with us uh doing that that study right, uh, it's pe- coming up do the people is, is, when the studies are going on are they coming back to your clinic to have things done with them there or 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 how does yeah they work? can come to the clinic uh and we do the the appointments we do the screening there uh and do any necessary blood work that's required for the study uh ekgs no cost to the patient no cost to your insurance uh so if you do qualify you actually are compensated for for participating in the studies but i think what you're asking is we don't in other words, we just do whatever is in that study. If it's asthma, we work with that study specifically. Right. right. And then the patient goes back over to follow right. up with yeah. uh, Dr. Jeffers. Oh, okay. So we All don't right. we don't we're yeah, not, we don't, we're, see we don't broadcast we're no. doing asthma uh, you know, see, seeing asthma patients all the time. We don't do that. We're doing this one specific study for a certain select group of people that they're wanting. So the only thing we see is, is on a walk-in is, is Donna sees just walk, and the other two APNs we have just a, a walk-in for flu shots or pneumonia or whatever it is, you know. It was a couple of years ago you guys had some study going about flu, and I remember you got mm-hmm. flooded mm-hmm. with we people did. coming in. Right. Because it, it was bad. It was a bad season. Yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Last year was a bad season. Mm-hmm. That was some nasty stuff as well. So you have you, you know. I want to talk about as well, so the the listener gets a real good feel for this. You guys play a very crucial role in the pharmacological way things have to go for a a drug to get from inception 
to onto the market. Right. All right. And you 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 all are towards the end of the process typically. I just want everybody to know that you don't show up and they're going to say, "Okay, this is the first time we've done this study." <laughs> and, you know, I think no. people they get the wrong idea. Well, there's this. different phases. You have the phase one, two, three, and four for the studies, and we usually get them. We, we're doing, we're start, getting ready to start our first phase one study, but most of the studies we do is phase two, three, and four, which is uh, right at the last part of where it's before it's released out to the sales for the doctors to prescribe. Yeah, that's it. when everybody's getting nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, then farmers, you know, the the businesses, because these are the ones that you got to prove that it does what it's supposed to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If you yeah. remember, if you remember Jennings Osborne, he yeah. did phase one. He did. That's most what he did was phase one. Oh, wow. And that's where they, you know, inject you with the drug and or let you take the drug and then they monitor your blood for a day or two or whatever, however long it is. So that that's a that's a whole other part of it, and uh, but phase one is that's what he did. Okay, and this is phase two, three, four, which is again before it's released to the public. That, that's amazing to me, Randy, that you you talked for you who remembered Jennings Osborne <laughs> because I remember Jennings really really well, and it's just time, you right. know. Our uh, our research director Rhonda, she worked for Jennings for I guess it was about fourteen years. She was his main uh, research girl. She ran his research department. She works for us. Oh wow! So she runs our research department. Good. Now. She's mm-hmm. our director. So she's got like uh, she's got a lot of immense experience. experience. Yeah, yes. she's she's commanding the phones right now. So <laughs> okay, hello Rhonda. Okay. <laughs> if you if you have any uh, any questions about Christmas lights, you can ask her about that. Too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not, that, that's true. But Jennings was a great sure man. Sure, he was. Oh, was. he really yeah. was a good man. Very generous. Yeah, yeah, he was. He re- to to a fault, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. maybe gave too much of right. himself. All right, let's get our final break in. Let me remind everybody about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. You know, when they opened up back in the uh, 80s over at their 12th Street location, they moved into a house, a house that had been uh, had been built in the late 1800s. And so, you know, the it was it'd be cold sometimes and hot other times, and they had to kind of, move around this way and that way to have enough room to do what it was that they needed to do. And as they grew as a company, they knew the day would come when they would have to expand uh, this location. Well, that time has come. Uh, They have torn down uh, the part of the house that was built back in the uh, the late uh, 1800s, and they're making all of this now into a state-of-the-art facility got the latest technology. They have a 3D printer now downstairs. Typically, the way that they do a prosthetic, they're going to make a mold of uh, where your amputation was and uh, do the necessary uh, measurements and things of that nature and make your prosthetic. Here in the very near future, they will bring in a reader uh, to you, and they will run that over uh, where your amputation was at. It will make a perfect uh, transfer into the computer, which is a 3D printer, and then they will print 
your prosthetic off of the computer. It will fit you perfectly. It's really amazing uh, where it has gone. I've known the folks on Gary Horton and, and Mike and Chris and Tanya and all of them for years now. And I can tell you this, they stay on the cutting edge so that they can make sure that you're going to be as comfortable as possible. They know you've gone through some changes. I mean, you may have a, a, a you know a prosthetic leg or uh, an ankle or whatever is necessary. Uh, these are the people that made it possible for you to walk normally when you wear a prosthetic. Gary Horton worked with NASA. He's the one who came up with the articulating knee. Now they got a new gate room they're putting together. Uh, brand new waiting room. They're all excited about that. And they've expanded not just to limbs and uh, on on your body, but also on mastectomy uh, because so many women have experienced the tragedy of breast cancer and have had to have a mastectomy. They're going to have a brand new area now. Gives you all the privacy and comfort that you need while you're being fitted. It's uh, Horton's Orthotic and Prosthetics, now six locations across the state. Little Rock North, Little Rock Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy, providing a lifetime of support. A study is only as good as the doctors who do it. I, 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 I really believe that. You all know about I had heart attack, and I had to have a quintuple bypass, and I luckily didn't have a lot of problems with my heart. And uh, they did great, great jobs at, at St. Vincent for me. I've got the utmost respect for doctors. They just... Uh, I, I I look at them as miracle workers sure. mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of times. And so you guys work with some of the best doctors around this area. Yes, we yeah. do. Mm-hmm. I bet you people will recognize these folks like Teresa Jeffers, uh, doctor. I guess I should tell that doctor in front. <laughs> Dr. Teresa Jeffers from, from the Four Seasons Clinic. Uh she uh, is a person that's she's handling our all the she's uh, our asthma and allergy. Yeah, okay, asthma and allergy. Doing. And she's she's well known in the area. Dermatology is uh, Dr. Andrea Mabry and Dr. Marla Wurgis and Dr. Terry Martin from Pinnacle Dermatology. Right. It's there a new uh, Pinnacle re- or Pinnacle uh, Dermatology group that's out by the promenade. You know where St. Vincent, the big St. Vincent Hospital, yes. right across the street from that on the, I think, the third floor. They have the whole floor up there. Wow. So uh, that's that's where they that's have their clinic. That's where they have theirs. All right. Clinic. Family practice. They got Denver Barger, Dr. Barger, Dr. Mm-hmm. Wilburn, Lee Wilburn, uh, Dr. Steve Simpson. Right. And all of them work at uh, or, yeah, or Steve, have worked yeah. Dr. St. Simpson Vincent. is probably a lot of people uh, listening have him as his family doctor. He's with St. Vincent. And Dr. Lee Wilbur, he's actually the uh, uh, one of the ER docs at St. Vincent. And Dr. Barger, uh, he's retired, but he's still doing some study work with us. And uh, so a lot of people had, had Dr. Barger, and, and when they were in, uh, he was in family practice. So he's done steady work with us now. All right. Gastroenterology. Surprised I can pronounce that. That's good. All right. Louis Velez, Dr. Velez, and Dr. Angelo Coppola uh, from Premier uh, Gastroenterology. Right. Dr. Coppola is um, now out with Premier Premier, um, Gastroenterology. Okay. And they're with us on all our GI studies. Uh, The Blood and Cancer Institute has... Doctor, is it Asif Masood? Masood. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that close mm-hmm. to that? Ophthalmology. 
uh, is Dr. Ernest Clifton from the Little Rock Eye Clinic. Uh, when you're looking at orthopedic work, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Kenneth Martin from Martin Orthopedics. He's right. been on my show a couple of times. I've had him on here talking said about said a lot things. of knee surgeries. Yeah. yeah, and that's what we talked about, knees. Uh, yeah, he's doing a study that's involved in a uh, non-opioid pain medicine. Well, that's something they so, need. I know. Yes. That's, so everything's shifting, starting to shift or wanting to shift away from to, to the non-opioid. And he's uh, we're doing some study work with him on non-opioid pain when you have a knee surgery. Speaking about pain? Yes. Dr. Kevin Collins. <laughs> right. All right. That you right. know that has become a bigger and bigger uh, practice now. Is yes, how to control and how to manage pain. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's big. It is. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. huge. All right, we got uh, Doctor Catherine Robin and Doctor Chad Rogers from uh, Little Rock Pediatric. Right. So uh, they're working with the children. Uh, podiatry is Doctor Richard. Uh, Dilling, is it Dillinger? Dr. Dillinger. Uh-huh. Dillinger, okay. Mm-hmm. And I just saw uh, a uh, diabetes, uh, what was that? that diabetic was foot ulcer. Full, foot ulcer that uh, just came came through, so we'll be getting it. We've done that before with him. Yeah. and had several people in it. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's some dangerous. amazing stuff with with the new meds out that's, that's uh, diabetes in your feet. Well, I'm going to tell you, with, the kid, uh, with, uh, with people who have really bad diabetes, just Getting a little cut on your foot can right. be a dangerous mm-hmm. thing, and you want something that's going to stop it. Then a guy that I is a friend, all right, Doctor Richard <laughs> Diana. He's my urologist. Uh, my, in fact, I was just setting up the next time to see him. Yeah, yeah, because he's yes, retired basically. Right. He wants to keep his fingers and mm-hmm. everything. We'll try to right. get him maybe on the on the show uh, next time we come in. Yeah, he doesn't he, talk. He, Hey. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he, he, he he won't let you talk. You don't get another. You won't get a word. Say him. hi to him, and that's, that's going to be it. it. And he goes. <laughs> he's a good man, though, and he is really. He's one of those guys. I I I I sit at his feet, basically, just to learn. Yes, because I I ask him all kinds of questions, and he's never without an answer no. never ever. very very smart he's a really smart very guy smart. he does a lot of stuff i was we were talking about yeah. him earlier a lot of stem cell research that he's right. involved with and so right. that's he's, why i like to mention to everybody you're lucky to live in little rock you don't uh-huh. know how lucky you are to live in this area with all the talent that we've got exactly. in the medical field he's, he's doing the uh, kidney stone study with us Overactive bladder and study overactive bladder and the testosterone and the testosterone study. Yeah. So he's on three studies with us. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I take, I have to take testosterone, and part of it being because back before they knew that if you start taking synthetic testosterone, that it would stop your body from making natural testosterone. Now I have to use an artificial means to raise my testosterone level up. Uh, He's taught me a lot about that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's good. They're he's, all good. You know, they t- he'll tell you about, hey, Dave, you don't feel like a woman, do you? He'll always, he'll, no, I don't feel like a woman, Doc. And he says, well, when you're taking testosterone shots, it can raise your female hormone. So you make sure your doctors check in for that. That's right. I didn't know that. That sounds like Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's the way it. he is, though. But <laughs> right. He's just a really, really smart guy. All right. 
Again, the phone number over at the clinic is 501-954-7822. That's 501-954-7822. If you can't remember all of these studies that we've been talking about, go to their website, arcarkansas.com. Just think ARC, Arkansas. Right, right. Sasser so Applied Research Center. And you can just click on clinical trials, and they'll all open up with all the flyers and the information and all the stuff about the study and it'll ask you a few questions yeah, it'll and then, ask you a few questions you fill it out and then we'll get back with you all right and the clinic is located it's on rodney Parham. it's right next to the burger king yeah near yes. that's how Road. i always remember right. it it's right by the burger king uh you can go and it's an easy place to find it's easy to get to and easy to get away from again let me give you the phone number one more time five zero one nine five four seven eight two two so um you do something really good for yourself you do a lot of good for other people as well if you get involved with these studies right all right right good to have you back don it wasn't so bad was it not too bad (laughs) okay you only drank one bottle well you didn't even drink a whole (laughs) bottle of water you did good yeah (laughs) i'm tell me randy be Uh, honest with me you yeah. got it hanging in that water? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe after dinner. <laughs> I'm going to need something out of there. Yeah, there you go. All right. 501-954-7822. Thanks for coming in, y'all. Thank it's you. always Thank a you. pleasure to Thanks sit for having Thank us. you, you guys. Thanks. All right. We'll take a break until 2 o'clock tomorrow here for the Dave Ellswick Show. J.R. Davis in the first hour, governor's spokesman in the uh, 4 o'clock hour, special guest Ryan Norris from uh, – Americans for Prosperity. Until then, you have a great evening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.